Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Welcome to the 81 Podcast. It is your host, Osfali. I'm joined today by DeAnza College defensive line coach and assistant defensive coordinator, Nate. And pronounce your middle name for me because people always mispronounce my middle name. So go ahead and pronounce your middle name for me. My middle name is uh, pronounced Salatonga. It's a Samoan. It kind of just means like independent or like, you know, one who just kind of does their own thing, travel. Yeah. So, so, so Salatoga, right? Yep. So, so Nate Salatoga to you. Nate, man, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. I'm really excited. Um, you know, just uh, ready to get this thing going. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, sir. And, and you obviously were talking before this. Obviously, you're doing some stuff uh, with the kids right now, right? On the uh, uh, with like O line drills, D line drills. Kind of talk to me a little bit about that, you know? Kind of like, what is that? All right. So, um, kind of all started uh, in September. So, you know, kind of like every other football coach, I've just been kind of hanging out, doing the Zoom thing with, with you know, our, our current programs. But uh, yeah. when, we, when we got the the the, um, the heads up that we weren't going to be able to play, you know, I just right. got tired of kind of sitting on the sideline and doing the Zoom thing. And you know, <laughs> I've been seeing uh, on Twitter and Instagram, like all these huge camps going on. And I'm like, man, what's the deal? Yeah. So, you know, there's this uh, big um, offensive defensive line camp that I, I follow. They're uh, based in SoCal. Um, they're called Giant Skills. And it's um, ran by one of the Usos, Chris Talamaivao. Um, you know, they're big in SoCal, like 100 linemen at camp. His son's an O-line coach at USC, played there, all this stuff. So uh, I slid in the DMs, uh, to be quite honest. You know, I, I shot the J and uh, like, hey, can I come and watch? And he was like, <laughs> uh, why don't you come in coach? You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, oh, say no more, fam. Say no more. <laughs> say less. Yeah, so, so ever since then, I've kind of been, you know, doing that and, um, you know, kids been interested in just kind of having like smaller sessions on the side. So kind of been running with it. Awesome. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, kind of the, the demographic of kids you're working with, they're not all just high school kids, right? I think they're kind of, you know, all, all from all backgrounds. And so kind of you get a nice little melting pot, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, youngest kids that I've uh, had at a pop up so far is a sophomore in high school. But it goes from there to, um, you know, I have JC guys out there and D1 guys out there. So, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, you never know who's going to be there. And uh, some of these offensive linemen that I've been working with, um, you know, they've been surprising themselves and uh, doing a lot of good work against some D1 guys. And so, uh, you know, it's, uh, I heard the episode with uh, your boy Manu and, you know, just talking about building up that belief. Uh, you know, it's kind of what we're doing out there, too, you know, just mingling, working with some guys who might be at the next level. And um, understanding what the uh, what the uh, what was the word I'm looking for, what the um, the standard is, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's cool when you kind of have like a bunch of kids from like all different ages, especially when they're younger, because you can you can kind of implement that. You know, obviously I coached varsity last year. You've been coaching for some time now, obviously with the JUCO level and part of that. And we'll get to that obviously later. But kind of, you know, with kind of what you're doing right now, you kind of get to see that it's it's easier to instill that. And kind of with Manu, he also kind of works with, young, with youth too, right? Almost mm-hmm. every guest I've had on works with youth in one way or another. Like, obviously, Manu is obviously someone like you. So you you guys are Usos. I mean, even though you have met each other. But uh, yeah, fucking, yeah. yeah, Lofa Tatupu, obviously, you know Lofa. I mean, everyone knows oh, Lofa. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's he's one of my good friends. Um, You know, he obviously talks about stuff he does with community kids, the community with kids in Seattle. And just obviously, because the reason why I'm asking is because, you know, the reason, I, I mean, I guess I'll just ask you because, when I talk to all the previous guests about it, it's because of the fact that there's no season going on right now. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of like, kind of, and you know, obviously when I talked to Johnny, right, last week, you know, he was telling me it's like all the kids who you guys are coming back to Deanza and versus the kids, you know, who are incoming freshmen, they're not, they don't have the opportunity to play. So these are kind of workarounds, you know, to kind of, like you said, keep yourself, you know, involved. Is that, exactly. is that right? Exactly, yeah. 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 
So, all right, cool. All righty. So there we go, man. Nate is fucking just all over the place, brother. Man, love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of wild right now, you know, um, doing that and uh, also um, coaching some travel ball, believe it or not, you know, Ooh. California travel football. So Semi-pro? Um, no, it's uh, high school travel football. So, um, wow. yeah, there's no no games right now for the CIF. And so they allowed, uh, you know, students to do travel ball, kind of like you see club soccer, softball. They're still playing right now. Um, you know, just imagine those people in football pads, uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> playing that. So, uh, you know, we actually start off our season on Saturday in, uh, in Southern California. And, uh, you know, the number one player in the country is actually in this league. So uh, it'd be interesting. He, he commits on Saturday. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, his name's... What's the... uh, Co- what was that? Go ahead. No, I was going to ask you, what's his name? Oh, so his name's Corey Foreman. Um, he goes to Centennial Corona High School. And okay. uh, his, his final five is like Clemson, Georgia, USC. So, um, you know, we're going to get to play against uh, some of those guys. Um, you know, modern day kids. Long Beach Poly has a team. Uh, it's, it's about to go up. Yeah, it's about to go up. Yeah. Hey! So yeah, okay, that's cool, man. All right, excellent, man. Glad to see that you 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 found a way to kind of still be involved with the pandemic because all the season being suspended, it's kind of tough, man. I mean, it's tough. So yeah, yeah. So all right, let's go ahead and start from the beginning, though. All right, so I know you for a, for a full week, which means we know each other for 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 our whole lives. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> so all right, okay. So obviously, you know you call, you know my boy Johnny, you know Manu. You play at Danza, you y'all, and I just told Kevin this when he was on. You know, he was like, y'all whooped our ass, forty-four to zero, when you played West Valley two thousand nine. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that, but you did it. Now that's fine. I mean, we're all good. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, talk to me about kind of your early years. Talk to me about kind of when you started. What sports were you playing, and kind of where were where were, were you? Are you from the Bay originally, or are you kind of you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm originally from uh, San Jose, no, South okay. Bay guy. Um, bounced around a lot. Uh, you know, South Bay. Um, lived in the East Bay, Hayward. So I went to Oak Grove High School, went hey. to Tennyson High School. Okay. Um, also, uh, before that, before I went to Oak Grove, I went to Fireball High School. Fireball? Yes, yes. Fuck? <laughs> yeah, Josh Allen, bro. Josh Allen. So, you know, before uh, he was the GOAT there, I was the GOAT there. You feel me? So, yeah. uh, you know, we have that connection. But, uh, yeah, I, I started, you know, just playing street ball like every other person, um, you know, having fun at the park, you yeah. know, hooping at the park. You know, I was one of those kids. Um, you know, back in the in the 90s growing up we were all playing outside all day right yeah. you know, yeah. riding bikes playing at the park so you know i started kind of that way um you know back in the day there were no like these uh these pop wonder leagues where there was no uh weight limit and all that so i, I didn't get to play until high school so you know my uh my first experience actually playing was at a fireball high school i played my freshman year there um you know had a great experience uh balled out um but you know i, I kind of bounced around so Long story short, from San Jose, moved to the Valley for two years, you know, um, kind of like uh, like a lot, I heard a lot of other people kind of talk about what family go through that homeless situation, um, you know, gentrification out here, you know, it's up moving to the Valley, you got guys living in Stockton now, did, lived there before, lived in Fresno, done the Merced, Los Banos thing, so, uh, you know, took me there, then I came back to Oak Grove High School, that's where I actually met Kevin, so, uh, you know, I met Kevin because, um, you know, we're the only freshmen, you know, going into our sophomore year who were going to be on varsity. You know, we, we go out to uh, practice, you know, we're out there chilling. Um, coach Buller, Coach B, as many know him at the time, straight legend coach in San Jose. He comes up to me. At first, we knew, everybody knew Kevin Vi was going to play varsity, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. after his freshman year, going into a sophomore year, he's going to go play. 
But um, Coach B comes up to me as well. He's like, I hope you don't think you're playing JV with your big ass. I'm like, oh, man. I appreciate it, Coach. Yeah, like, oh, I thought I was going to be with these other guys, you know. I'm going to be a sophomore. Like, thank God. Oh, boy. Yeah, so we we meet there. Yeah. Um, I ended up leaving before my, my sophomore year even starts. You know, I bounced around a lot. Went to uh, Weston Ranch High School in Stockton, where wow. I played with uh, my cousin. Um, you know, they're a brand new program. First year, we didn't even have a senior on the team. So the, the high school was uh, freshmen, sophomores, juniors. So, you know, varsity year, first time ever. My sophomore year was tough. Um, I want to say we we're like three and seven. You know, I had a, a tough upbringing. But, you know, playing in Stockton, you know, I definitely um, – even in fireball, you know, the, that Valley football is, is a little bit different, you know, than the Bay Area – you know, they're, they're, don't get me wrong. There's definitely both great uh, football, but just two different styles, you know? Yeah. yeah. I definitely came up, like, you know, playing that rugged Valley football, a lot of wing tee, running the rock, um, you know, throwing the ball three times a game. So, uh, you know, when I came out, uh, you know, back to the, the Bay Area, I played at Tennyson High School. I hear you're like a East Bay guy, so you're probably from T High. Um, you know, I, I was uh, definitely, uh, you know, somebody who had a uh, – had some uh, tread on the tires and you know uh, people weren't used to how grimy I could be in the trenches so that's how I got my nickname Nasty Nate um you know I've never like really been uh, scared to play that run game and uh, stuff like that so you know we weren't the greatest at uh tennis in high school but uh you know we we played in a great league the HAL back in the day in uh 0405 you know there was a San Leandro team lost to De La Salle in the finals they were undefeated and I think statistically they might be like the number one defense in state history um, you know, played against a Royal High School team that won the uh, also won NCS championship and a great Castro Valley team. So, you uh, know, also we played against Bishop O'Dowd. So, you know, that, that was a lot of great uh, programs back in that HAAL. You know, we used to have some shootouts, you know, and uh, Hayward High was in our league. Um, Troy Cowboys. Evans. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, my head coach, it's a small world, too. You know, uh, I went to Oak Grove. Kevin went to Oak Grove and uh, when I came back to the Bay and went to Tennyson, um, our coach, Terry Smith, he went to Oak Grove High School, and he was a running back, legendary Oak Grove running back from the 80s. So, yeah. Like, yeah all comes full circle. You yeah, know I hear you say it a lot. Yeah. I mean, it does, though, because, like, think about it. Like, you know Johnny because Johnny was – is you know, you guys both – you played Juco, obviously. We, we, we played at the same time. But, I mean, I mean you, you know Johnny because he's on your staff. Yeah. I know Kevin because I remember <laughs> – I remember how badly y'all whooped us, and we'll get we're, we're about to get into that. You know, on that 09 season, right? The 09 team, right? That y'all had, the ends of Dawns, right? You know, yep. we've got Coach, uh, Coach Atencio for that. Mm-hmm. But it's also like kind of like, you know, Manu, like Manu's also kind of linked to these guys too, because of the fact it's all just, and, and kind of yesterday, uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, uh, uh, Cody, right? He was talking about it. He's like, it's like football, when you start playing long enough, it's everyone knows everyone, and there's like literally just one person separating everyone from everyone. You know what I mean? Like, yep, it's yep. just crazy. You know, that's why. So. Yeah, but yeah, man, that's awesome. You know, so you moved around a lot and, you know, obviously, I mean, you had to adjust a lot with different schemes, it sounds like, right? And mm-hmm. obviously in the Valley, like with Cody, because Cody, of Monday's guest, he's actually from Sacramento. So he played, he played out there mm-hmm. and he played against Stockton, Lincoln High School, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. So the, those are the types of, like, and kind of to your point, because he, he, they put him at guard and they put him at DN. They put him, they kind of moved around a lot. You obviously, you know, you're also on the line. But it's like the same thing. You only, like you said, they passed three times a game. They're running the rest of those of those four quarters, 15 minutes every, like, it's like, what is it? Like maybe like three minutes out of like 60 that you're going to be passing. The rest of the time you're running. So you got to be, you got to be on point as a line, north to south, 
pulling counter sweeps, knowing, you know, which way to, you know, obviously knowing which way the gap is going to be, knowing which way to pull and counter for the back, you know, make sure the backside is, is open. So it's like, you know, and obviously I, you know, I coached last year for Whitney, Whitney high school out in Rockland. So mm -hmm. obviously like, you know, that's pretty much right next to Sierra to college. So I got my first hand experience with that. So anyhow, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just like a different animal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Whitney so. high school is a great program. You know, actually I've heard of them before. And uh, for my travel team, we actually have some guys from Rockland high school. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some great players. Uh, we have a, a big offensive lineman, pretty nasty guy from uh, Rockland. So I, I know all about you, that area. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So yeah. All right. So now, so now you were, you're, so where did you finish ultimately? Did you finish at Oak Grove or did you finish elsewhere? So, um, so I, so my story gets a little bit crazier, you know, um, yeah. I'm like, uh, not the traditional path, like, like many people have said before on the show. Uh, yeah. so, you know, after Tennyson high school, I moved back to San Jose. I huh? end up at Westmont high school, right? Okay. So that's the year Westmont, they go to CCS finals. They, they lose to, uh, Julian Edelman in Woodside high school. Golly. Um, I remember who, uh, motherfuckers. <laughs> You're going <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But, uh, guess who Westmont high school's head coach is it at the time it's, uh, Tony Santos. Yeah. And, um, so when I get to Westmont, you know, to be quite honest, uh, you know, I was like running the streets in high school a lot. Uh, you know, I was homeless at many points in my life. Family bounced around. So, you know, I have a lot of, uh, you know, I, I was one foot out on the streets and one foot in school. I was this great player, but, you know, my head was like not even, uh, you know, on my shoulders. I don't know where I was at. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a, a lot of, uh, you know, learning lessons through, through some of my mistakes. And so I go to uh, Westmont and uh, while I'm at Westmont, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just like that guy showing up to school every now and then, not really there. But, you know, I have P.E. with Coach Santos. <laughs> yeah, go first period, first yeah. period. You know, I was that guy. I'll show up in the Jabos and the Jordans. And uh, the reason why he knew about me is because, you know, my, my one week that I actually showed up, we played flag football in P.E. And yeah. I'm out there playing quarterback, though, just slanging that thing. And Coach is like, who are you? Like, do, like <laughs> how long have you been here? Like, what is your deal? I'm yeah. like, uh, to be honest, coach, you know, I played every year, you know, I'm a senior now, but I'm behind, I'm not going to graduate. Uh, eventually, I drop out of school, long story short. But, um, you know, the only uh, Juco that even recruited me in high school was, uh, believe it or not, College of San Mateo, they really, uh, they really liked me. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I initially, you know, I was thinking about them. But my brother, who I, I kind of talked about earlier, you know, at the lineman hunter, shout out to you, bro. you know, you're a great offensive line coach. But, um, you know, he, he was from Stockton and traditionally a lot of those guys in the area went to San Francisco City College. Yeah. So, you know, my, my brother's like, um, you know, we're out to Frisco City and I'm like, you know, say no more. And uh, during that time, I had just dropped out of high school. I don't even have a diploma, by the way. And yeah. uh, Coach Santos, he's letting me train at Westmont still, even though I dropped out, just kind of get my work in. You know, I go out there moonlight, just uh, kind of flash my skills. I don't know why I was even out there. I wasn't going to play then. I think I wanted to like work out and just like, you know, show off, but I was an idiot at the time. So <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, we're going to go to San Francisco. Um, I wasn't really even like uh, making the moves, you know, that's what, that's where I was at in my mind at that age. So, um, you know, we almost became teammates. I, I, I went to San Jose, San Jose city college because the whole time my dad is here, like, you know, my, my family, um, they have a, a rich San Jose city history in the eighties. My uncle's yeah. playing yeah. coach Atencio. Uh, San, uh, Coach uh, um, Santos played at San Jose City, played running back there even back in the day for a season. And so, you know, they, the whole time they're like, why are you even thinking about all these places? Go to City. So I go to City and, you know, nothing was online like now. I go grab the forms, start to fill them out, you know, set up my placement test. 
And I don't know what it was like. I, I never contacted a coach either. So that could have been one thing. Had I said something, maybe, you know, they would have made sure how shit got done. But I just kind of went in on my own terms. And then, you know, I was like, ah, I wasn't feeling it. I just said, fuck this shit. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when I leave there, you know, I'm still saying I'm going to Frisco City because Santos now is blowing me up every day. Like, I know your ass ain't going to Frisco. You're just chilling, motherfucker. Like, you know, you're probably drinking, smoking, whatever. Coach, <laughs> uh, keeping it real, boy. Yeah. He was right, though. You know, I was like, man, like, you know, I, I was just, I, my, you know, I had a, a a crazy home life. You know, it was just hard for me to stay focused. It was just yeah. so much movement, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. You know, parents weren't, weren't you know, the, always the greatest uh, uh, role models. You know, they, they they did their best, but, you know, shit happens. So, uh, yeah, anyways, long story short, uh, Santos finally gets me to come to De Anza. And, you know, my cousin who's going to go to CCSF, I talk him into going like, man, don't make me do this De Anza thing alone, you know, I hear they're not good, you know, like, before we had gone there, like, the past 20 years, best record's probably, like, five and five or something like that, yeah. so, you know, my cousin's pissed, like, man, I can't believe, I, you know, I let you talk me into coming to fucking De Anza, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, it, it wasn't a bad decision, you know, first year there, freshman year, we didn't know what to expect, and, um, it, it like, the, so the, like, now, De Anza and, um, we're in a conference it's two tiers right you know back in the day you had a league b league c league um you know you could play anybody up from the bottom to the top i remember you know west valley you guys played csm or you guys might have played um you guys might even play frisco we did we got we got coming to jesus meetings both you know we didn't know what to expect but uh right you know first first game ever in my my juco career Guess who I get to start against? I'm still kind of out of shape, still, you know, young, learning the, the, the shit, two years off the streets, you know what I mean? We play against College of San Mateo. Oh, yeah. you know, these, these guys, you know, I, I love CSM, you know, uh, shout out to the coaches there, you know, we're, we're great friends, but, um, you know, if, you, if anybody knows anything about them, they're one of the greatest programs in the country, well run, always oh, yeah. happen, you know, they're a well-oiled machine. That's like, you know, they're Bama status, but, uh, you know, much respect to them. So I come out there and I, and I get a real like quick uh, lesson in what Juco football is going to be about. Yes, sir. <laughs> Man, them boys do not play. They play, but they, you know, they, you know, they don't play when they play, you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. So, and, you yeah. know, uh, it, it's crazy. Cause I, I didn't really know the, the, the magnitude of, uh, you know, the situation and, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it before you went to West Valley and city. All of these programs, you know, there's guys that been on some of these other teams, started there, ended up on your team. No kidding. You know, before this uh, CSM game, I'm like, oh, man, it's another day. I got ex-teammates on CSM, you know what I'm saying? Homies at CSM. You know, they're the only school that recruited me. So if I could have played there, you're not going to play, you know, it's none. And then, like, I see teammates that used to go there, like, throwing up in the bathroom and, like, having cramps and butterflies. I'm like, bro, you good? They're like, oh, man, this shit about to go down. I'm like, okay. But, uh, you know, it, it went down. Um, you know, we played them good, though, actually. You know, we're, we're up 17-6 on, on CSM going into the fourth. No, and, you, know, you know, we had opportunities to seal the deal. But, um, you know, there, what happens when you don't seal the deal on a great program, you know, or a great team? We see it all the time. Yeah. So they come back, they beat us like 31-17 or something like that. But, uh, you know, we, we, we came and, you know, we, we played a stout defense and we, we looked kind of good. And, I can definitely uh, say we earned their respect and we felt it after the game. But, um, you know, I also learned a lot about like what we had at De Anza because like kind of what I told you before, um, you know, our, our uh, program wasn't the greatest prior to that season. And um, we're, we're essentially in the rebuilding process. 
But, uh, you know, we had some great pieces there. You know, we had a bunch of Valley Christian dudes. Um, our DC, head DC coach, Brian North, he was part of that team. Um, AJ Alvarez played with us. He was also from Valley Christian. And, um, you know, these guys were out there like banging dudes. And I was like, oh man, like these are like, we were the guys that were in the C league. We were supposed to get stomped. And like, I remember first drive, one of my, my friends, AJ, he came and probably made the first three tackles in a row. They go three and out. I'm like, holy shit, like we're for real. Yeah. You know, we lose the game, but, um, you know, afterwards we're all kind of looking at each other like, we may have something here, guys. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of, you know, obviously that progressed. That was your freshman year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, obviously, you know, that, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, CSM, bro. I mean, the moment, I, bro, I, I still have nightmares about that game. Them and my the opener against Chabot my sophomore year. I mean, golly, bro. It's just, oof. And at least you score. CSM just, they ran it up 65-0 to 0 on us. I was just like, oh, man. I mean, so, but yeah, this is, so your freshman year, was that, oh, was that 08 or was that? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was 08. So oh, my yeah. freshman year, we played against San Jose City. We played West Valley, played yeah. Gav, Contra Costa. Um, who else did we play? Monterey. Monterey. Um, yeah, we, we had some, uh, like, honestly, some of my, my funnest memories are actually, like, playing against San Jose City College, like, th- that freshman year. Yeah. Um, you know, there was just a lot of polys on the team, a lot of Hawaii Hella, bro. Guys. My boy Manu, man. Shit. Bruh, he only won. Yeah, like, man, uh, San Jose City had dudes. And um, I, I don't know if Manu was on the team that I played against. So, um, I don't know if you know my boy Half Pomela and his brother Lebo. Oh, so, yeah, the Pomley. Yeah, the, the yeah. running backs. Um, we actually played again later at the four-year, but um, I'll get to that later. So, yeah. um, you know, have Lebo's on that team. Um, you know, you got uh, your boy Meadows you always talk about. Uh, yes, played sir. against him. Um, you fucking beast, bro. Golly. I, I'll, I'll get to some stories about him in a second. Um, yeah, okay. But, you know, you got Larry Licati on that team. Ooh, get now we talking. Okay, yeah, we talking. Yeah, All know, right. I'm trying to think who else was on that squad. Uh, hold on, I got a list here. Let me just look at my notes. Pull that up, shit. Pull that up, baby. Yeah. 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 It's your episode. You got all the time in the world. <laughs> you got uh, Dupree Ely, you know what I'm saying? I'm not sure if you you know that name. He played running back. Great San Jose City running back. Um, it was him and have, you know, they're kind of like the, the thunder and lightning one-two yeah. punch. We also had um, – who else was on the scene? I don't know if you know Kenny Pope. That was my dog, though. Oh, God. Kenny was a beast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually never got to meet him, but he was there. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, we had some battles, man. Um, you know, we, we were really good at the time. You know, we beat you guys. Uh, or I don't know if you were at City that year, you know, but uh, it was just yeah. a, a lot of fun, you know, just like uh, that rivalry ain't nothing like that feeling, you know. So. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's funny because, you know, kind of I talked to you, I talked to Manu, Talk to Marquez or anyone, you know, or Hashim, like anyone I played with, Kevin, you know, who I played against, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, you know, the Bay, the Bay Conference, the rivalry, you know what I mean? It's just that competitiveness. Like anyone who played the JUCOs, any of those JUCOs in, this, in that conference in any of those years or any time, you know what I mean? You know, you know what we're talking about, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I, I, <laughs> I got a story for you. Uh, fucking, uh, when I was, when I, I, I was debating uh, for, for City because Coach Dub, my coach, left City in 08 to go to Fresno State. You listen to my episode, so you know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was expecting him to come to UTL. I was expecting him to come to Deanza. And so I speak to Coach Tensio, and he's all like, okay, yeah. He's like, all right, yeah, he's want to come over here. I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, where did you play last year? I'm like, I was in Austin City a little bit. He's like, San Jose shitty? He's like, San Jose uh. shitty. I was like, yeah. I was like, okay. He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like San Jose shitty. And then like, he was calling. I'm not sure who he called. Like, one, of, one of your boys, he missed practice a few days. He calls him on the phone with him on speaker. And he's like, he's like, watch this. I'm like, okay. He's like, he's like, hey, he's like, he's like, he's like, it sounds like you don't want to be here, man. And he's like, he's like, no, coach, no, coach, I'm, I'm like, no, man, it sounds like you missed out three practices. You know, do you want me to send you over to San Jose City or what? 
And I was just sitting like, bruh, this man legit, the first time I meet this man, it's like, look at this. He's like pointing at this the little boy. Dude, we call Sam as a shitty right here. We have it marked in our calendar. And I was like, oh, my God. Atencio's a fucking, he's a goon. But you know what? Hey, bro, he, he wins. So. Oh, man. Atencio's yeah. a legend. And, uh, yeah. man, that, that, that story that you just told is, is pretty funny because, you know, only those who really know Coach Atencio, you know, would understand that. You know, he, he was really good at, like, a – kind of like getting guys fired up or that, yeah. that speakerphone thing that you just did, man, that's classic Atencio. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, I think to your point, you know, that the shitty thing, uh, we definitely, we still kind of, you know, run with that joke a little bit, but uh, one of the, uh, the, the things about Atencio that people, you know, I don't think I realized it till you were kind of talking about it is, um, you know, I, when I think uh, when I played there it was his third year in maybe. So that was kind of like one of those put up or shut up, like let's get it rolling type of years. And, uh, I think all that, all that was like a little mental game. You know, he was always playing mind games. Like, uh, you're going to let shitty beat you or like, oh man, like you're missing days, brother. Or like, oh, you didn't miss the, you didn't hit the weight room. You're looking kind of slim there. Or like, yeah. oh, they're going to bench press you or just like, you know, anything like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, he, he was, he was a mastermind at getting in your head or just like, you know, making you kind of feel uncomfortable. And uh, I, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, uh, when, when things turned around, like, Deanza was starting to get players to our program that people were like, damn, like, you went to, to this high school? Why the hell are you going to Deanza? But, you know, Atencio had this really, uh, you know, just good uh, skill of, like, kind of making you feel like uh, you're not really uh, shit in his eyes yet. You kind of had to earn it, you know, and it made guys say, man, fuck this. I'm coming here, and I'm going to fucking outwork this dude's mouth or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. See, that's what it is. It's like, like you said, the my, the mental kind of motivation of like, yeah. prove me wrong, make shut me up. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, yeah. You know what I mean? It's awesome. So, yeah, man. So yeah, that's that's obviously freshman year. And actually, no. Now let's talk about the stories you got about as, about as San Jose City. Actually, yeah. Let's go to. Okay, so yeah. Now we're we're done with freshman year. Actually, yeah. Before we go, the talk about the stories you got against about City and Jerome Meadows. I want to hear those. Oh yeah. So <laughs> Jerome Meadows. Um. So we were playing against San Jose City. You know, the, the year before that, um, I, it might have been the last time that um, San Jose uh, City's beaten Deanza College. I want to say this is uh, 2007, or maybe it was 2008. Well, anyways, the, the, I'm, I'm thinking my year is 08. So uh, that year, Lebo starts at running back. Um, I remember watching the, the film from the previous year, like, damn, he just ran over, like, our whole team. Yeah, I want to say, like, you know, that might have been his game of the year. Um, he's traditionally the fullback or a defensive lineman, and he kind of, like, toted the rock all over us. Remember, he had the long hair at the time. And so, um, you know, going into the San Jose City week, Coach Santos, um, you know, you kind of heard uh, Kevin Vi talk about him a little bit. Just Santos, uh, you know, he's an OC. He's super competitive. You hear Kevin talk that shit. If Kevin was fucking 54, he would be just like Santos. They got, they're like, they're chippy. They yeah. fucking they want to go at it with anybody, and they're not scared, you know? So th that week going into the city game, uh, Coach Santos is like, man, that fucking poly dude, he ran all over us last year. We're going to give him some. And so we, we install the poly eye. And so the, the poly eye, I don't know if you're, uh, you know who Chris Mendoza is. He's yeah. a Italian Simone running back, went to Lincoln yeah. High School, had like 40 tugs his, his senior year. He was like the bus. You know, people didn't want to line up in front of this dude. So we put him at quarterback. We have another one of the Usos, uh, my Uso smack, Riders Inc., uh, Moni Leolu. He was playing defensive tackle. He's another big 6'3", 300-pound defensive tackle. Line him up at fullback. We have our, our other uh, defensive tackle, Havela Sike. So we were loaded on the D-line. So yeah. we put three defensive tackles in the backfield. We have our, our power running back. Um, he was catching the, the, the ball and, you know, taking direct snaps. We're just running dive. 
And I remember, you know, I was the lead in, in the uh, the dive and Meadows is playing Mike. And basically, you know, in, in film that whole week, they're like, you know, game plan this week, block 50, and then we're just going to crib this shit. And we're just like, all right, cool. So it's just four polys in the backfield, just fucking running right up the gut. And we're just like all looking for this dude. And I'm not going to lie, he had a great pop. There was a time um, we ran something like a, probably like outside zone or some. I'm leading, he comes and... He was pretty quick. I'm not even leaving the backfield yet. He's already in the backfield, but I'm like, shit, I got to go make this contact. And I remember we got a nice little, you know, pop. And I just look at him after like, oh, okay, like respect. You know what I'm saying? I didn't say it, of course, but it was like one of those things, you know, in a game where you you go heads with somebody and you just look at each other like, okay, I see you. Like, yes, bring that shit again. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man, I heard you guys talking about him a lot. And, uh, you know, just remind me of, of the time that we played. I'm like, we, he was definitely somebody that we keyed, you know, Meadows. We also did a lot of uh, keying on, you know, Hab and his brother and, um, you Bebo. know, Dupree. Yeah. yeah Dupree. You guys Dupree, have, like, yep. the, the three-headed monster in the backfield. And, you know, Larry Licati was a great receiver. And you, you guys also had uh, – so uh, this big-ass Uso, maybe – was this Jimmy Moore's name? I'm not sure. But yeah. uh, he played receiver. And um, I ended up going to the four-year later, and he's playing D-line. But, you know, we'll get there later. But, uh, yeah. yeah, like, crazy-ass story, right? Like, yeah. So we're just like going back and forth. I want to say like the score to the city in uh, Deanza game my freshman year was was like sixty nine to like forty, like some nuts like that. Yeah, like but, um, yeah. all scoring, man, all day. So yeah, it's awesome. So, so that's my my freshman year, and kind of in a nutshell, we ended up seven and three. We didn't make a bowl game. Um, uh, like I think the, the league and SAC had like a, a two way tie for conference, so they sent both of those teams to the ship, which kind of left us odd man out. And yeah. uh, you know. I always like wish I would have went to a bowl game my freshman year, but uh, not gonna lie, I think it, it was really good for the program that, that we didn't that year, even though like we, we felt like we deserved it because yeah. dudes were like so hungry and like we, we just knew that we was about to kick the damn door down, you know what I'm saying? And um, you know, kind of that off season, that's when Kevin comes back to De Anza. We have all these Valley guys, you know, he, he kind of talked about um, you know, kind of being loaded at receiver, having all these weapons. You know, we, we got a tight end that looked like fucking Gronkowski. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like, we, we were loaded. We had this kid on defense, Russell Jenkins, looked like damn John Cena playing Mike Linebacker. And, <laughs> and he actually gives up football to go, um, you know, pro wrestle. Uh, we, we had my boy. I don't know if you ever, you're familiar with uh, Bruce uh, Lel Pepe. He went to Oak Grove. Um, he's also doing the pro wrestling thing now. Um, he's, he's at Knox Pro with Rikishi. He played nice. on the line with us, and he's just a badass, you know, motherfucker. Like, we had a squad that year, but, um, you know, that year, 09, my, my, my sophomore year, we, we go undefeated. We win the championship. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was a tough year for me because I actually had to redshirt that year, and um, it, it had nothing to do with grades or anything. It, it had, you know, a lot to do with, uh, you know, like, um, like uh, you know, uh, character issues, to be quite honest, and, uh, you know, I, it was a, a salty year for me because, you know, I started and, you know, all that and I still practiced and, you know, I had grades and I was still part of the team. You know, I celebrated with the guys. I was at every game and, you know, there, you know, everything was the same, but, you know, it was tough for me my, that, that year, you know, sitting out, knowing I had the grades. But, um, you know, to be quite honest, you know, I was in legal trouble and, you know, I, I didn't know whether if I was going to make it or not. And, you know, um, you know, thank God I, I did. Um, and, uh you know, the reason why, you know, I, I could have skipped over that, but, you know, I, I like to talk about that kind of thing because, right. you know, like, um, you know, like a lot of players are from the hood, you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. And um, I'm one of those guys, I dropped out of high school, 
And, uh, you know, I go to De Anza with, with no diploma, you know, still playing ball, don't know how to get financial aid, like well, a lot of things, you know, I, I didn't know about, um, you know, even like enrolling for school, you know, like another player helped me do all, a lot of these things, you know, another friend. Um, so, uh, yeah, my sophomore year, I missed that, you know, those legal issues, you know, turns out everything's cleared up. I'm good to go again. Not you know, uh, I, I bit the bullet, you know, it was tough, things like that. But, um, you know, watching my friends win the championship, knowing I'm a starter, my backup is out there balling, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, killed me, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it, it was cool too, though, because, um, you know, like, I, I was able to really work on myself, you know, like right. missing out on a lot really killed me inside. And, you know, like, uh, you know, when, you, when you're not on a team no more, I don't know if you ever like sat out for a year, but you're still around. Everybody's like, you know, it's not the same, you know, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. Like, yeah, you, you were there too, but you know, you're not really on the squad, but you are, but you know, like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, so where's your highlights that, at, bro? What's that? Yeah. You know, like, oh yeah. I know. Where's your highlights at, bro? Oh no, man. You, I mean, but you know, you still familiar. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, yeah. that was a, a, a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. But, you know, things, uh, you know, came back around, ended up being all good. Um, you know, so following season two, to uh, 2010, you know, right after that 09 championship, DeAnza, we were seven and three, then we're, we're 10 and 0, we're nine and one, and then, uh, yeah, we're nine and one, and then, uh, you know, we, they decided to move us up a league. We go into the Golden Gate Conference, you know, now we're playing Chabot, DVC, you know, some of these other teams. <laughs> Still playing CSM, Frisco, yeah, like man. The, the only people we didn't play damn near was like Laney, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we're, we're gonna play everybody. Um, you know, they picked us to go last that year. Um, you know, I, I kind of was like, you know, flying under the radar, trying to just, you know, be a good guy, be a team leader. Um, you know, essentially, I'm trying to think of like a situation I could compare it to. You know, I was just like on some Alden Smith shit down there, to be quite honest, man. And uh, you know, no, no disrespect to him, you know, I say that. Uh, it will, with a lot of respect, actually, just because, you know, you kind of see what he's done this year, you know, bouncing back, you know, just, uh, you know, kind of going through like certain, you know, issues and, uh, you know, being able to like kind of figure that out and like, you know, still bounce back because, you know, I was I wasn't um, ineligible, but academically, you know, you know, I dropped out of high school. So I was on the I was already, you know, kind of starting from behind. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, going into that year, we got we picked to go last all these things. But uh, we end up, you know, start rolling. We lose three games in a row to kick it off. CSM, Frisco, Foothill. But guess what? One, two, and three in NorCal, right? So, uh, <laughs> you know, we're not too mad about it. We had another tight game with Foothill. You know, um, offense kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to get on the offense, but, uh, you know, that game, they kind of hurt us. Um, they, they actually, Foothill did not score a, an offensive touchdown that game against us. So they kick a field goal. They take uh, two interceptions to the crib. Punt return, kick return. Defense, yeah, yeah. we were lights out. We're running that poly eye that, that I told you about. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm playing the whole damn game at fullback, run blocking for, you know, we, we always, uh, yeah, so we got like a history of having like uh, either a gunslinger like Vi or we have like a Tim Tebow. And that year, you know, we had this kid bounce back from Colorado, Jerry Slota. He just, he had like 24 rushing touchdowns and like seven passing. But this dude was like an, a gorilla at quarterback. I kid you not. We're just like running the rock on teams. And, um, you know, we, we kind of find our identity through that losing to Foothill and, um, you know, um, CSM and, and those teams. But um, come to come to the league time, we, we start rolling with that guy. And, you know, defense is on fire. Um, a little known fact about the 2010 DeAnda team, we had three NFL guys on that uh, secondary. So we have um, Will Evans. He was a third round draft pick. 
he went to um, Utah State. Uh, he ended up getting drafted by the Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, he did his time there. He also played for the Ravens. We also have, um, well, he's from Washington, by the way. He, he was yeah. able to bounce back. Their school dropped the program, came to De Anza. You know, the rest is history. We also had um, uh, Ty Powell. He went, so he was from uh, Seaside High School, went to Monterey, um, or was he, went to MPC before coming to us. You know, I guess he has some differences with the staff there, you know, ends up at De Anza. And um, he ends up going to a D2 Harding University, but you know, I'm sure you know you're from the same time period as me. You know who Taylor Mays is. Oh yeah. He, he looked like Taylor Mays. He, he was like playing free safety, and he'll go down and get a tackle for a loss in the backfield. So you know, we, we had Ty Powell. He he played for uh, D2. He goes to um, gets drafted by the Seahawks by Pete Carroll. Yeah. So, um, so kind of rewinding a little bit. Uh, he was re recruited by the uh, Pete Carroll in high school. Did, things fall through. He goes to JUCO, and he ends up getting drafted by Pete Carroll like years down the road. It's crazy. He might have been crazy. on the same team as Lofa Tatupu. Like, you yeah, know, it, it was around that time period, like kind of towards the end of Lofa's career. And so he goes. He gets drafted. They sign him to a contract. They cut him, and he ends up in Buffalo. First sack is Tom Brady. Gets two deals. But he played with us. And the third member of the secondary that went to the NFL was um, uh, Brian Robertson. And he went to Brandon High School, played two years with us at De Anza. He went to uh, BYU, and then he got drafted by the um, – not the Ravens. Was it the Ravens? Might have been the Raiders. But anyways, he spent time with the Ravens, the Raiders. So we had an NFL secondary my sophomore year. Mm -hmm. you know, we, we had a pretty good defense, uh, you know, tops in the state, all those things. We, we win the conference. We were picked to go last. We, we, we beat Chabot. We beat DVC. You know, DVC, they're the number one offense in the state. Came yeah. in at like 500 yards a game, six touchdowns. And, you know, we weren't, we were like a, a hit or miss offense. We were literally led by Tebow. And so uh, we were out there just, you know, praying things come together. And I don't know if you remember the De Anza field back in the day, but, you know, you guys had a shitty field. We had a shitty field. <laughs> and uh, number one offense in the state comes out. And guess what? It fucking rains and we get all the mud in the world. So, mud bowl. Yes, sir. And, and we have a lights out defense, you know, three NFL DBs, like I just described. So pretty much, um, you know, they couldn't catch a damn cold. It was raining, muddy quarterback was getting his ass hit left and right. And so, you know, that it, it was the first game of the league, but like, we kind of just had that feeling right after that game, like, oh, we're winning this whole shit. Like that was the Easy. best team right there. Yeah. And, um, and, and to kind of like go full circle with my, like my football upbringing, you know, I said, I spent time in San Jose and the East Bay, you know, to kind of like lock in the, the conference championship. We have to beat Chabot and Hayward. And, um, you know, I had a lot of friends there. I knew people on the staff. I went to Tennyson. You know, I went to elementary school in Hayward, and, you know, in San Jose too. But, you know, I spent a lot of time in Hayward. And uh, they come out. They, that was when Wiz Khalifa, Black and Yellow just came out. You yeah. Know what I'm we played under the lights. That shit was popping, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They was talking mad shit, just like they kind of had like the San Jose City vibes as far as like um, the demographic of the team. They had yeah. a lot of Usos, a lot of Hawaiians, a lot of brothers on the team. You know what I'm saying? And just like uh, that Bay Area mixture of guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So uh, they come out, they take the opening kickoff to the house, and I remember thinking like, damn, this shit's gonna be a long day. Like Chabot just came out and said, hey, you know, you guys didn't lock it up, you know, because. It was basically a winner-take-all situation, but it would have been a three-way tie. Yeah, but um, yeah, so they come take back that opening kick to the crib, and then we're like thinking, "Oh shit, we're in for a battle." Yeah. But you know, 
that was one of those days that, you know, I talked about, we're like, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde on offense, they came in uh, that day, they were the mean guy and stuff. So uh, our offense, we kind of bullied them all around. Defense kind of, you know, felt that tempo and that energy. We, you know, that we, I think Teach Me How to Dougie came out that year. We was in the Dougie on the field and all that. We, we, we ended up beating uh, Chabot <laughs> 35 to seven in the yeah. stack, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, we, we kind of go out um, with the championship in my sophomore year again. So it, for me, it was a great feeling because, you know, I told you that 09 year, I, I'm, I'm, I'm eligible to play, but I got to sit out because, you know, my future is in limbo. Yeah. Like, you know, just being a knucklehead and, um, you know, like, like I'm going to reiterate, you know, I like to talk about it because, you know, football players, we're a rambunctious group of guys and, you know, we can be wild. And, um, you know, I just say that because you know, like players, it's easy to make a bad decision. So if, if you're listening out there, you know, take it from somebody who dropped out of high school and didn't always make the greatest decisions that um, you can turn it around, you know, like, I moved around a lot and I, I never had consistency until later in my life. And um, I never thought that like, hey, I can be a consistent um, person, you know, as far as, you know, just going to school and going to work and like, not just like, I didn't have to be like this hood dude out there and all this stuff. But um, anyways, you know, I turn it around, you know, we, we go to the championship, we win conference and that's where we, we go to the big dog, right? And so uh, I don't know if you remember, so the, the way that they kind of set it up is, the, the winner of the C leagues played each other. So that year, San Jose city, they started off. zero and five, you know, and yeah. they ended up winning five games in a row. That's the Kenny Pope's team, Havelock's team, their sophomore year, they win five in a row and they win the, the C league. And then they play, um, I think Solano college, you know, they're now a no longer existing program, but um, they play Solano in the championship and, and, and San Jose city actually wins a ring that year. So, yeah. you know, that's all my dogs at San Jose city or AKA shitty. I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> you know, we, we like to joke around and, you know, uh, talk about each other a lot. That's just how that rivalry is. But, um, you know, with all due respect, that, that program has lots of history. A lot of my, uh, my friends, like, um, you know, coach Marquez, John, you know, Jonathan, that, you, you know, um, my teammate. So have, yep. um, you know, all the kind of the guys that I've named before, you know, those are ballers, you know what I mean? And, Big time. Um, we talk a lot of smack, you know, we're funny and, you know, we definitely have a rivalry, but uh, yeah, San Jose city did their thing that year. So we, we win the B league and um, you know, American river college and SAC, they're kind of having like a revival of the program as well, because um, you know, they were kind of in the De Anza situation where, you know, the nineties weren't the greatest times or maybe the, the early two thousands. And uh, they hadn't been into a bowl game. Maybe, I don't know if it was ever or in a certain amount of time, but uh I remember just like going into that week, it was a big thing, right? Like, uh, you know, both teams haven't seen success in a while. Now their championships or their conference, both hoping to, you know, get over the hump and win the last game of the year. So um, interesting situation. All these games are held at neutral sites or, you know, or, or the, um, or, or like it's predetermined the host, something like that, you know? And uh, we, we talked to the American River coaches. We're like, hey, like, where are we going to play? We can play San Mateo or another new, like Chabot, something like that. They're like, nah, we're going to play at American River. We're like, uh, that's weird, but we're like, whatever. We'll come to your guys' house. No big deal. And yeah. so yeah. Like, can we play at six o'clock? You know, if we're going to play at one, Cupertino to Sacramento, we're probably going to wake up at like 530, get on the bus. You know, you don't got to be there that early, but, you know, you want to be rested. You want to have time to get out, get dressed. But they're like, nah, we're playing at one, one o'clock. We're still on, you know, early. So we get up early, we go to American River. Um, it's cold as shit over there. It was <laughs> and like, the, it stopped raining right as the game started, but the field was wet. It was kind of like a De situation. They had a little bit nicer grass than us, but, uh, you know, it wasn't the greatest. 
I remember too thinking going out to that game, like, man, I ain't about to wear this Under Armour because I, you know, I had the long sleeve, like I was wearing it all year, and I was thinking, man, I'm going into sicko mode right now, like I'm about to go out here and just be a beast. So I, I didn't have no sleeves that game. Took off my visor. I just went out like straight gloves and you know wrist tape, like it's thug season. You feel me? Yeah. Um, you know we, we go we play. Uh, yeah, exactly. I was yes, out there, like, sir. Yeah. I, I <laughs> want to say yeah, I might have had the the first tackle of the game, or you know two tackles in the first the series, but um. Yeah, we, we go out there, we're, we're up on these guys, but uh, I'll definitely say they outmanned us, man. That American River team, they had dudes, you know, like um, it was one of those situations where, like I, I want to say we're up the whole game going into the fourth, like 1914 or something, but I wasn't comfortable the whole time. I like I had that gut feeling like, fuck, like we're just barely holding off the floodgates. You know what I'm saying? These are, yeah. This is a great damn team. Like, you know, their defense was lights out. Offense had big, you know, offensive linemen, great skills, you know, and they're well coached. And, you know, that's always the cherry on top, you know, like in, in my experience as a coach, like you can get away and win games with like average guys. But when you have good guys and you're great coaching, like which they were, man, it, it was a tough day. So they beat us like 34-19, I want to say. It was, a, you know, a great matchup. But um, that, that's kind of where I wrap up my, my playing career in, in the JC level. And, um, you know, I'll spend the, the next two years of my football career at McPherson College, uh, just an NAIA school in Kansas. And um, kind of the, the way I get there is kind of funny as well, you know. Um, so initially, uh, you know, like I said, I didn't graduate high school and um, I'm getting recruited by all these schools. And, um, you know, I, I want to go D2 at this time, but like my clock is fucked, you know, like I, I was like school some quarters and I'm dropping all my classes. Then I'm over here. Then I'm almost in jail. Then I'm homeless. Like, you know, just like I was just a hot mess. And, um, you know, towards the end of my, my career at De Anza, you know, um, you know, I know my wife, Lynette, for many years. Shout out to my wife. Uh, and, uh, you know, we get pregnant. And like that might have been kind of my saving grace, you know, like, you know, I had a baby and then like I kind of felt it inside like, uh my back is against the wall, you know, this is the end of the line right here. I mean, they're going to be great or I'm going to be nothing. And, uh, you know, so that kind of motivated me to like stay in school and, you know, handle biz. So I'm kind of getting my ass kicked, you know, I'm hanging on for dear life though. You know, I'm, I'm getting recruited still though. You know, DeAnza did a great job marketing me. Um, like D1, I had no clock, you know, uh, it was kind of crazy because, um, you know, I had just got married at the time, you know, I'll get married at 20 or something like that, pregnant with my first kid. My father-in-law is like, man, you're a little asshole, you know, like, <laughs> uh, like you need to grow up and, you know, be a man at, yeah. at the time. And, you know, yeah. telling him like, don't trip, you know, um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm this football player. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm about to go. I'm about to, you know, be on Scully. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm yeah. Saying? So, uh, you know, he, at first he, he didn't believe it. And like, you know, my phone was blowing up though. Like uh, coach Atencio, man, he knows a lot of people. Um, one thing for sure I'll, I'll say about him and, you know, coach Tony Santos is uh, as a player, they looked out for me a lot more than I did for them, you know, like, uh, and just, um, you know, by, by that, I just mean, like, you know, I did the football thing, like, we all love this game, right, you know, but if you want to take it to the next level, you want to be a college player, and you want to, you know, possibly, you know, dream of going to the pros, you know, there's a, a standard that you got to live up to, and that's, like, you know, I heard my boy Marquez talking about it on here before, you know, it's like, what are you doing in the classroom, what are you doing on the cones, what are you doing outside of practice, out when I can't see you at the crib, and, um, you know, there were times uh, when I was coming up, you know, I was doing the wrong thing, you know, I'm from the Bay, you know, I was like on the grapes and the honey at the crib in the, in the woods, you know what I mean? And probably not the lit, greatest, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. not, not the greatest, but you know, I'm just being real. That's what it is right. in college. That, that's what you, that's what the guys are doing, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Right. So, um, yeah, 
you know, there, there were times when I didn't look out for them as a player by like, when I left home, I wasn't doing the right things or, or maybe not going to class, but uh, they, they always looked out for my best interests. And, you know, I think they, they seen it inside of me. And so, you know, they, they definitely um, taught me that I, I got to look past a lot of these guys sometimes, like, you know, whatever they got going on, because it's, it's in you, you know what I mean? And, you know, that belief. So, um, yeah, back to the point, though, uh, you know, that, that kind of helped straighten me up, you know, them, you know, staying on that, like have, getting me recruited, you know, he, you know, helping uh, me, me feel like it was going to happen. But, you know, like, like, like I said, my clock's all messed up. And so I realized like, damn, I can't go D1. And, you know, like the, the coach from Utah State and BYU, they were on my head every day. Like, what's good? Send the transcript, send this. And I was embarrassed, man. Like, damn, I don't even know what to say. Like, you know, one of my friends, my freshman year, he played with us and he left, you know, for, for some differences with the coach, but, you know, he, he was behind me and he ended up getting picked up by Utah State. We're like the same size guy. We're both polys, you know what I'm saying? He was a great player. You know, they took him. I'm like, damn, my homie, I played in front of him. He went D1, like, I'm, I'm cat, you know, I'm messing yeah. up. Yeah. And they're still pumping my name out. I'm just picking up the phone, telling certain schools, are like, yeah, my clock's not good for you guys, GPA, not happening. But, um, you know, Eventually, you know, I committed to Midwestern State, their division two in Texas, you know, at the time, they're like number two in the country, number one, Abilene Christian, they, they both offered me, by the way, but, um, you know, I accepted, uh, you know, the, the offer to go to Midwestern State, I didn't officially sign, though, because, like, you know, remember, I said, my grades were messed up, and um, the, the reason why I committed, though, you know, both of those schools, you know, they really love my tape, and they're like, you know, we're, we're going to commit to or not commit, but um, we're going to honor your scholarship, but we're going to give you this year to kind of like get your grades right and be eligible to come in. And, you know, I was like happy as hell, like, thank God, you know, but it, it was still a stress because, you know, I'm living on, um, you know, I'm living in West San Jose on a Cadillac drive. You know, I'm from the East side, by the way. And I'm also, you know, a South Hayward guy too, but, you know, I, I'm right now living in West San Jose at that point and, you know, on Cadillac drive, it was just hood, bro. Like I had roaches, dudes was getting killed outside. Like, like, man, like, I didn't know how I was going to, like, you know, last a, a school year, paying my rent, you know, working, supporting my wife and my newborn kid. But, uh, you know, uh, weird stuff happens. Uh, so your boy Kenny Pope from San Jose City, he commits to McPherson College. And initially, uh, Havelock Pomelo, he was going to go to Midwestern State. And that was a big reason why I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to go. They said they're going to honor my scholarly. I just got to get my grades right over the year. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna go there. And one day I'm at work, I'm doing construction for my father-in-law. I'm literally at a job site building a damn basketball court for like some 30 year old dude who lives in Los Gatos. He got a house like the damn Fresh Prince house. I'm just like thinking why I'm, I'm building a house for this young ass dude. Like, yeah. damn, how the hell do I get like this guy? So my boy Hav calls me like, hey, Oos, I gotta tell you something. I'm like, what's up? He's like, I'm not, I'm decommitting for Midwestern State and I'm gonna go to uh, McPherson College or an NAIA in Kansas. My boy Kenny Pope, I already signed there. I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, like, man, I, I'm not about to go NAI. You know, a lot of guys at the time, you know, like they shitted on NAIA or, you know, D2, D3, certain levels. Cause at the time, like, you know, you've heard Kevin say it, like, you know, you have in your head, I'm D1, I'm this, I'm that. Like, I went to Oak Grove High School, bro. Like, you know what the standard is? The standard is rings or you did nothing. Like, if you don't win the, the very last game, you feel me? If you don't win the last there one, there we go. Oh, then it hey, no, 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 no. Zoom in on that. Bring that up to the camera real quick. Look at that, DeAnza Dons, 2000, was it 18 or no, 2009? 18. 18, I, I couldn't yes, afford sir. The, the ring in 09 or in 10, so I got the 18, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Anniversary ring for West Valley, 20, for, to, uh, Arena Bowl Championship, and semi-pro ring. Conference okay, Arena Bowl? Yes, sir. Okay, there you yeah. go. Yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah. Well, we man. lost, but whatever. We still made it. <laughs> so hey, go ahead. Hey, you, you get a ring for being there. The shit, Hell yeah. Bug that it. counts, man. It's, it's hard to win a championship. Yeah. But yeah, so Hav calls me. He's like, yeah, bro, I'm decommitting um, from Midwestern State. I'm going to the school in Kansas. You know, like, they're, they're, he was kind of on the same timeline as me. He had the grades. He could have left. But for some reason, he was going to stay or whatever. But he ends up just up and leaving to Kansas, like, right away. And yeah. I, I stay, like, one more quarter at De Anza. I'm like, damn, I don't know what I'm going to do. So he texts me like, hey, was, um, I hit up the my my D-line coach, and they, they said they love your tape and stuff. They want to get you over here. And I was like, cool. Well, uh, you know, I still got to wait a year or whatnot. And he's like, no, you know, and for those who don't know, um, in order to go, um, you know, Division One or Division Two, you got to, if, if you're an NCAA qualifier out of high school, you can do that. Or if you go to um, the four-year, I mean, not the four-year, but if you go to like De Anza or, or, you know, community college, city, West Valley, any of those things, you got to finish your AA before you can go to a, a D2 or, yeah. or a D1. And so I was in a situation where I'm like, man, I got to wait. You know, I got to finish my AA. But for those who don't know, to go NAIA, they're considered, they're like a private school. You just need a 48 units and you need a 2.5 GPA. And I hadn't known that at the time. So, you know, have, have I don't know that he knew it either, but, you know, he told the coach, you know, the coach is blowing me up now. And then um, he's like, send me your transcript. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, bro. Like, I got to wait a year. You know, my grades are shit. And um, I also tell about my brother, though. I don't know why. I just tell him about my brother who's with me at, you know, Lyman Hunter. I said his name before. Played with us at De Anza. He was all, all, all American, all state. He was just a, a, a nuts offensive lineman. But anyways, I give him my brother's number. And then um, he calls my brother. My brother, his grades are just as bad as mine, maybe even worse. You know what I mean? Um, he, he sends him a transcript. And then he hits me up like, yeah, dude, just faxed me the papers. He said we can come over like in next month. And I'm like, you're lying, bro. Like our, our grades are terrible. Yeah. Like, you know, what you need is like a 2.5 and like 48 units. Like we had units. I just had a lot of W's, maybe some F's I needed to cover. You know, yeah. that I couldn't like uh, fix, but it was going to take me a, a while to get, you know, NCAA eligible. So um, I'm like, no way. My brother, he like, he sent me a picture of the facts. I'm like, oh shit, this is legit. And so, um, you know, I go, I get my shitty transcript. I send it over. He faxes me something to sign. Like, yeah, if you guys want to come in January, you know, here it is. Your boy Hav and KP, are they're already out here. You know, they're, they're doing the college thing. I'm like, oh, shit. And, you know, to make things even more real, Coach is doing his recruiting, you know, visits out here. And so, you know, he comes, meets us at l and And, you know, um, I'm still a little shithead, you know what I'm saying, joking around. I'm going to see how this dude likes this. I ordered, like, three meals at l and You know, them damn place is so big. I don't even know if I could finish one. <laughs> he comes yeah. out and... He just lit, like lays the whole deal on us. Like, yeah, man, we're a top 10 uh, NAIA program. This is what our field looks like. You get to eat. You have somewhere to live. You have somewhere to play. It wasn't full athletic scholarship, but they gave me, with bad grades, academic money. And, you know, it was like 25 a year. They, they supplied 22000 I took out the loan for like the other, uh, you know, three grand. And that was for the semester, by the way. So it was like six grand a year. I was coming out of pocket. It's not a bad deal for a dude with no grades and no diploma. Yeah. And so um, everything sounds great, right? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, man. You got my shitty transcript, all that. We good to go. My brother graduated high school, though, by the way. So he's like, all right, cool. So just uh, send me your high school transcript. I'm like, oh, shit. He's like, oh, yeah. So man. just send me that that stamped official, um, you know, diploma or, you know, completion of high school. So I'm thinking, like, damn, what do I do? So um, I, I forgot to cover this earlier, but when I dropped out of school, I, I initially go to adult ed for, you know, a few night sessions, drop mm -hmm. out. I'm like, man, I'm too smart for this shit. And like, because, you know, historically, I'm a good 3.0 student, but just moved a lot, homeless, ghetto, all the bad problems I had, you know. So, you know, I, I was just, you know, great at shooting myself in the foot. But um, 
I just remember while I was there, I just kind of like ear hustling over somebody's conversation. Like, yeah, I got some of uh, um, community college credits and I brought my transcript over. It dawned on me like, oh, I took hella de uh, units at De Anza. So I seen what I needed. And um, I still had like a quarter before I had to leave. I'm like, okay, I just need poli sci and econ. You know, I didn't take government and econ in high school. So right. like, that's all I needed. So I take poli sci, which was way harder than uh, high school uh, government, and, uh, <laughs> and econ, which was way harder than high school econ. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know you're a tech guy, so you might even know something about that. Like, econ ain't no joke, kids. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, I passed those. I, I take my transcript to this uh, adult ed place where I, where I dropped out of. And they're like, oh yeah, this is all good to go. Um, you got your diploma. You just have to sit in the chair for 24 hours. So like I spent a whole week just like watching TV, pretending to do work. Um, also, I remember watching the national championship. I, I wanna say Alabama won it that year when I was watching it there. So yeah, after that, I'm able to go to McPherson. And then that's the beginning of the four year chapter. And um, you know, uh, the, the game gets thicker. And um, as Mac Dre says, and uh, one Recipes of the Mac Dre, we do it for the Bay, okay. <laughs> and uh, one thing that I want to let folks know too is like, uh, just because you got to the, the next level, like a lot of the guys think like, oh, I signed, it's over. Like, nah, bro, like there's dudes over there that are walk-ons, dudes yeah. that are trying to plays, take your money, all that Bingo. stuff. So you got to be ready to come and, you know, really elevate your game. Um, you know, when I got there, you know, like for those who don't know, like if you're a JC guy, like there's kind of like already like a red flag on you or a little asterisk, you know, it's and, the, and usually the thing is, oh, um, you know, they didn't have grades coming out or maybe a undersized or one thing or another character. So they already have their thoughts about you. And then the, another thing that gets you an asterisk is uh, being from a, one of the football states. If you're from Cali, Texas or Florida, they're already looking at you like, oh, these guys think that they're better at football already. Yeah. So, you know, going out to Kansas, uh, we had a lot to prove. A lot of, uh, you know, a different environment, I'll say that, um, different uh, different area, you know, Midwest is uh, totally different. Um, it, it was a great experience, though. Uh, I played five games my junior year. Um, initially, I didn't start, ended up working my way into the starting rotation. You know, to be quite honest, um, you know, having that year out, having a kid and all that, like, I, I felt like I was behind the ball. Like, I didn't have that proper uh, preseason going into my, my four year. So, you know, I bought out, like, uh, my, my first play ever, I got a sack playing against some San Jose City, CSM guys. They played at Missouri Valley College out there in, um, in Missouri. A shout out to those guys. Um, yeah, things are looking up, man. I come out, have a sack, second game against the number two team in the country on my first play, have some TFLs, second game. I, I'm, I'm rolling. I'm like, oh, man, like, I'm starting to feel it again. You know, I might be All-American or some shit. Yeah. The next yeah. thing you know, boom, break my foot. I'm like, no, you know, and uh, <laughs> I kind of remember hearing Manu on his episode talk about the injury bug and, like, that's when the bug found me, you dig? And so, uh, yeah, kind of like starting out of shape. And like, I was a little bit overweight prior to that. I became like this weight room animal. You know, I, I was like a 335, 6'3", you know, like stacked, but like putting on that weight so fast, my joints were killing me, like yeah. all these things. You know, coming into De Anza, I was 250. You know, I played like DN and things like that. But I just became like a 300 pound true, like defensive tackle, nose guard type. But, um, you know, caught that injury bug at McPherson. You know, going in my, my, my senior year, like during camp in training, broke that same foot again. So, you know, essentially had to medical red shirt my senior year, um, you know, thugged it out though in school. I, I had a hard time, you know, as, as a lot of people do, you know, statistics wasn't no joke, but um, failed it twice in, in junior college, was able to, you know, get that help though that I needed, tutoring, busted my ass. Um, 
yeah, definitely one thing I'll say for like, you know, guys who grew up didn't think they can graduate college or, or do school is like, you know, it's just like sports, you know, it's a, a daily effort, kind of got to chip away at, at that grind and, you know, um, you know, figure out what you need to do, whether that's taking notes, watching videos, getting help from teammates or, you know, support on your campus or, or, or from your team. You know, every program that I've ever been a part of, you know, we offer study hall at De Anza. They did it on my four year. And, um, you know, I always was resistant to that because, you know, I was always like one of, I was always cool, bro. Like, oh, that's some nerd shit. You know, I, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it really turned into like, um, you know, me figuring out like, I got to do this or, you know, they take my scholarship away. You know, like I, I've seen guys, you know, miss a day and they're like, yeah, uh, we're probably going to give his money away to another guy who like a, a walk on who's over here, you know, trying to, you know, come out the mud. And, um, you know, I, I think I heard somebody else. I've listened to a few of your guys podcasts about, you know, guys kind of, you know, coming out of nowhere and just being hungry. And, um, you know, um, one thing I want to say to like players is like, just don't play the game. You know what I'm saying? Like um, you got to play for something. And, you know, like that it's a really cliche thing. Like, what's your why? Why are you doing this? But like, you really got to have one because, um, you know, if not, like you're kind of just out there playing, having fun and, you know, you're, you're going to be there doing that. And you're going to have a guy like me, you know, who dropped out of high school and who got a kid to feed who really wants to, you know, get that dough, get that bag, you know what I'm saying? Like, by all means necessary. And, you know, at the NAIA and the D2 level, like, I wasn't the only guy there. There was bounce backs, had uh, guys from Mississippi State on my team, and guys from Arizona State, running back, quarterback, like, we had dudes on these teams, you know, and so guys were hungry, and, um, you know, it really uh, taught me, you know, what I got to do. So, yeah, so I, I, all that paid off in the study part, you know, just – figuring out the academics, graduating, all that stuff. So, you know, after that, told uh, Coach Santos, because I majored in um, in kinesiology, minored in education. I hit up Santos, like, hey, man, if you ever need me to hold bags for you when I graduate or anything like that, because he just got the head coach job at De Anza, said, let me know, you know what I'm saying? So I come back home, and um, he's like, yeah, come be an assistant. You, you know, coaches, teams are always looking for help, you know what I mean? Uh, where I was looking for help, fellas, uh, anybody want to be a coach at De Anza, we're always looking for volunteers to, you know, set up the field, take stuff away, you know, put ice in the water things, but, you know, you also learn some good stuff, yeah. so, you know, that's kind of how, how I got my start in the game. Um, coach Jim Waller played for USC, he was in the NFL. I initially go to, um, you know, learn from him, but he ends up, you know, taking a, a job as a venture capitalist, and or, or he was he was already doing or something, he's a rich guy, he, he was kind of like on the, the giving back tip, which we all are, but, um, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, I got to go. It's your job now. You know, have at it. And, you know, I'm green first year. I'm coaching in the A-League, CSM, San Francisco. You know, I, I knew what I knew, but like, you know, being a coach is whole different. There's so many more details. You got to know like what you're doing, why you're doing it and all these things, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, so got my ass kicked around for two years. We're like two or three and uh, 17 or something. Not 17, three and uh, yeah, we're three and two and eight in my first year and one and nine the second year. So we were shitty, but um, you know, we got a, a DC from San Francisco city, um, Aiden Campion, huge mentor to me, you know, really taught us how to prepare, how to scheme. And um, you know, his first year we're, we're the same thing two and eight, but you know, after that, you know, come 2018, you know, we end up winning the championship, you know, play light, lights out defense, number one in picks, top 10 in sacks, offense, uh, you know, to, um, you know, go back to Kevin by season, you know, we had a great offense in 09, like he threw 41 touchdowns, bro. Like, yeah, don't, don't remind me, bro. What was it? Four, four, five, or six, four, five, 
was against us. <laughs> Yeah. And then I asked him, I asked him, like, bro, why you all have to do us like that? And he's like, because it was nothing against you guys personally or anything like that. He's like, he's like, he's like, I have a lot of high school teammates went on West Valley, but he made a bet. I don't know who it was, was with the OC or the QB's coach. I can't remember who it was that I'm going to be able to throw four TDs before this game is over after the first one. Mm-hmm. And then he, he just kept going. And I'll just and I because I mean I, I I got I got my I I mean I got my money my my reps in the fourth quarter I was I was rotational to see slot and obviously I was a, a lifelong special teamer you know that's how I made my career on special teams right so you're not gonna see my efforts on on the stat sheet because special teams they they weren't recording it back then on CCCAA stats right yeah and so obviously me and Kevin were talking about that it's like you know he had 41 TDs they only recorded 30 because y'all had to play Hartnell twice or Gav I forgot what it was something, something bogus because because yeah. one because because uh which team forfeited what was it it was Gav lights didn't work. And yeah. you know, that was the year I sat out. We we still we, we rolled up to Gav. All the guys are in pads. You know, I'm there to watch. The lights aren't working, or one of them's not coming on. And then like coaches run out. Lango comes out like, yeah, guys. Like, <laughs> and we're looking at each other like, you guys just not want to run it because they're out there like talking loud. Like they was really about to do some. But uh, yeah. long story short, we can't play. So he misses a game of stats. And uh, you know, Kevin had a hell of a year, man. He had a uh, 41 TDs when I when I heard him say it. And um, you know, to go to move forward to our 2018 team, like just co- like compare and contrast a little bit. We had two quarterbacks play, you know, they combined for 46 touchdowns, but, uh, you know, still Kevin Vi had 41 all by himself. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> so, um, like legend man. that, um, that we had in 2018, we were kind of like, um, the, the two quarterback system, you know, we had the, uh, uh, I would, I would say he's like a Drew Brees, Russell Wilson type thrower. Um, Oliver Seversky, and then we had another kid, Eduardo Andrade from Wilcox, who ran the Veer triple option. He was our Tebow guy, like I told you. Yeah. We always have one or the other, or we have both. And um, you know that that year we had both. You know we had we're we're really blessed. We were like uh, number one in six categories on offense, six thousand yards on the season in ten games, averaged like five forty five. What um, we had two thousand yard receivers, thousand yard rusher, like. It was off the chains. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not even going to lie. As a coach, it felt, like, unreal to me. You know, as a defense guy, you're always waiting for the offense to do their thing, have some time, you know, so you can get back on the field. We would come off. They would score in one play, and we're like, damn, we're already back out here. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I mean, it's it's almost like, then conditioning-wise, preparation, when you have an offense that's that fast, you know what I mean? You have to condition your guys to be ready to just, you know, rotate in and out and be ready for that. And it's it's a challenge, you know? So, I yeah, mean. Yeah, so, like, you know, we had that going offensively, you know, like those receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, um, you know, great defense. And, uh, you know, shout out Coach Marquez, man. I, you know, he's a great special teams coordinator. You know, he's, he's a running backs coach. You know, uh, traditionally, I think he's a, a – there you go, okay. Man, special teams is important. Special players play special teams. And, uh, you know, it's a, a phase of the game that, you know, if you don't win, you know, it's going to come back to bite you. Like kicking touchbacks, so big for a defense. Bingo. Or, you know, pinning teams back in, in you know, in the yep. inside their own territory. Like, we love starting drives over there. Yes, sir. So, don't sleep on special teams. And, um, you know, just to, to, you know, give a little credit to my boy Marquez, uh, you know, he, he did a great job, like, teaching, you know, kick return, kickoff, all of those things. And, you know, the year that we did that, we were uh, top five in a bunch of special teams categories, too. And, um, you know, including, like, a kickoff return and um, like kickoffs, things like that. So Marquez does a great job with uh, those return specialists. We have our running backs and receivers on point. 
And like, you know, I, I know you kind of, um, you know, you worked with him, worked with the, the same coach and like, he got the, the, the hands. Coach Marquez, you know, one thing that we probably- Oh, no, 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 I, I didn't work with him. I had to go up against him. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if you heard the story, but you know, I mean, I, I forgot to tell, I I'm just because uh, one time I was fucking up so badly. My freshman year, I've never played football in my life because like you, I didn't have the grades my first year of high school. So I, 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 I picked it up my junior year and I find, I ended up graduating early because of the JC credits doing the concurrent enrollment. Obviously, like you, like doing the forms because they didn't have computers, right? And I'm able to walk on SJCC. So Chabot and DVC were both like, fuck you, kid. You ain't going to get nowhere. I'm like, all right, whatever. Fuck y'all. I'm, I'm going to go out to Salem City. I need to take math requirement. Just so happens if I have a team, I reach out to Coach C. You want work? You want hey, – Coach, I'm, I'm interested. I haven't played. Can you work? Yes. Can you be paid five days a week? Yes. Can you balance your school, your school with practice? Yes. All right, come out here. And then, yeah, first go to practice. I think you already heard of James Jones, all stuff. But then, like, I was fucking up so bad one time, I decided to go on dark side. And then, like <laughs> – I mean, I remember I was like, okay, one time it was, uh, it, I, I think we we're running a two-man zone. It was, it was a 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three? Three, four, whatever. Anyways, and so basically Marquez gets the ball, and I, I'm just like this. I didn't learn how to set and, like, kind of rap or, like, kind of, you know what I mean? Like, to actually, like, my form was shit. So I'm like this, and I'm going head first. Or I'm going like this, straight up. Marquez just turns, and it goes, boom, and I go flying back, dude. I'm, I'm 135 pounds, like 5'9", and Marquez, like, 240. Like, just like, I'm like, bro, what the fuck? And so then, obviously, next play, I mean, I, I forgot. I wasn't Larry, someone else. But then I bet I rap because Coach Coach was like, what the fuck you doing? Well, you got rap. And it's like, that's what it was. So he's like, you know, I learned how to rap and like, do proper form tackling. Um, uh, anyhow, it was just like, I just still remember. I was like laughing so hard. I forgot to tell Marquez that story because, I mean, like, you know, because uh, I think you heard me as he, when you he were in the weight room. He's like, you can't guard me. I'm like, oh, this motherfucker one. was talking that shit. Okay, I'm going to try to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Marquez is intense, man, and uh, I love what he brings to the staff. You know, he brings that it, intensity. And, uh, I love him, man. You know, one of my favorite Marquez lines, you know, he probably laughs when he hears this, um, you know, and I, he might even say this, you know, a lot. You know, every coach has their quotes. I remember a, a kid, you know, he's talking to him like, you know, when you run this route or, you know, when you whatever it is or, or you're getting the ball, this is how you got the, the footwork. It's like, he's like, yes, yes, yes. And then he coach looks, looks at him, Marquez is like, you're looking at me like, yes, yes, yes. But all I see is no, no, no. And I'm like, oh, man. But, so that, that's one of my, my famous Marquez quotes right there. But he's a great coach. You know, I one thing him, that at Deanza, besides Coach St uh, Santos, our whole staff is like 31 and under. So we, we like to get out there with the guys and, and you know, really mix it up. I think that really helped us that, that year we won the championship, you know, build that camaraderie. We had a good balance of serious, but like, we're still young. So it's kind of like getting yelled at by your older brother who's like two years older or something, but yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> Love it, man. No, exactly. Because I mean, we're all, we're all relatively still young when it comes to coaching. You know what I mean? So it's kind of cool. Like you know, when you're able to kind of go. Well, I told Marquez, kind of want to tell you, when you see your lessons, your principles be kind of applied on the field in game situations, that's when you know. Okay, like as you said, as a feeling of that coach, like shit, this works. It works. They buy. You know, it works. So. Oh yeah, and then that's how you get one of these. You know, like. Oh, uh... like yeah, I, I really haven't got to talk about it that much, but like, you know, the, the championship, the, uh, it was hard to, to win a championship, you know, and, um, you know, as a player, I, I, I've been there, I got one before and, you know, I, I understood it, but then, uh, you know, like I always tell my, my players when I became a coach, like it's a lot more stressful as a coach, like I yeah. felt like I had to get over the hump again, you know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> 
and, and it was a lot more satisfying to win one as a coach because like you said it, it's crazy to see uh, the things you teach being used live in person and you know kids really um, listening to your advice and uh, all those things and um, you know we, we got into some crazy shootouts where we came back you know I think we, we um, were in a game where we won 58-52 against Yuba to win the conference but we're down like 41 to like 20 or something like that yeah. so we rallied back and we win that game and uh Week one to kind of backtrack, we played Reedley College where where um, Josh Allen went. Great system, great coaching staff, OCs. Like man, they're like Oregon down there on the way they run their offense. Like they're off the hook. But um, they beat us in a shootout, fifty-seven to forty-seven in week one. And uh, we come back and we play them at their house. They beat us at home in the in the week eleven championship. So we play them and uh, we beat them forty-two forty-one. And it's crazy because you know they're a, a well-oiled team. They're a super um, super um, disciplined. They didn't talk smack the first time. They were really quiet, just did their thing. And it was, it was really weird because, um, you know, coming out of the championship, their kicker, you know, kickers don't usually get to, get into the hype or the, the shit talking. Yeah. We're, we're walking out, their kicker runs up to our kicker and like, we're just like jogging out. And I'm standing next to the kicker at the time. He's like, we're about to come and run you guys and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's over. And I, I look like, did the kicker just say something to you? He's like, yeah, <laughs> like, he, like that's what I thought I heard. You know, he said that it's a fucking rap. And so, um, anyways, uh, like we, we, he, he misses a PAT, like the second one of the game, and they lose 42-41. That's how it goes, bro. Hey, man. I mean, as a special teams coach and as a player, make my money on special teams. That's actually a trophy right there for my special teams player of the year. You can't see the little football thing right there? That, that's, that's, that, that's a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. So, I mean, just like <laughs> I I never talk because I can't talk. I mean, special teams is absolute game. No one pays attention to. So, if you're a fucking kicker, bro, it don't matter how raw you are. No one's going to give a fuck about you. You're the fucking kicker. <laughs> I'm just laughing, bro. Like, that's humility is number one. That's the key takeaway from that. So go ahead. Uh, yeah, and, and just like like I said, like the kickers don't never really get into that kind of that whole like what's up, you know, like yeah. you know, we better go off tonight. Yeah. I couldn't like yeah, it's a crazy story. So yeah. we, we went 42-41, and um, you know, that that's how I get my first coaching championship after getting my ass beat for three years, you know, kind of like you know, taking my shots and um learning from some other great coaches and um and yeah, so uh now I'm here now coaching travel and coaching guys at the park and uh, doing podcasts with you. Um, you know, I did a little bit of research for my, my top 10 favorite wrestling matches. I haven't even oh, thought oh, about oh, it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. All right. Okay. Now, oh, next uh, segment. All right. Hold up. Let me pull up the list because you sent it to me today. Okay. No, I'm not, I'm not going to let you read it. I'm going to read it for you. Right, go ahead. Go ahead. Actually, no, actually, let, me, let me read my list. For, yeah, we, oh, yeah my, we, really, now my, my list because that's what everyone's commenting on or messaging me about. Yep. <laughs> so let's go first with mine. We'll go to yours. You're yeah, a big time. wrestling fan. That's why I commented on your list, by the yeah. way. I've seen that. And I was like, what? Yes, sir. And obviously, you know, there's a huge, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, there's now, we now Pakistan, he's like, you like Ali wrestling now. I don't know if you follow him anymore, but he's there. Obviously, ooh, you know, the Samoan, like, kind of lineage is a huge, huge lineage. And kind of like Rikishi, right? His sons, Jay and uh, who's the other one? Jimmy? Yeah, Jay and Jimmy. Yeah, Jay the, and Josh. Jimmy. Yeah, and they, and they actually played at West Alabama. So, you know, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's just like a pipeline. So, and, and my boy that played with us, like I was saying earlier, Bruce Lel Pepe, he's actually training with Rikishi at Knox Pro and he's yeah. doing shows. So, um, yeah, if you guys are on Instagram, follow uh, Mr. Orlando, man. Uh, he's a beast. He's coming up in the wrestling game right now. And, uh, yeah, he's doing his thing. Yes, sir. So, let's go. So, my list is 
My first one, actually, I'm going to go from the top top up. So, Rock versus Cena. Rock also, also half Uso. Not full, but yeah. still. Yeah. Um, next is uh, Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle versus Randy Orton. World Heavyweight Championship, WrestleMania 22. Uh, number A is Kurt Angle versus Undertaker from the, the World Heavyweight Championship in the way out town six. So, it's probably WrestleMania, that last last pay-per-view. Number seven is uh, Randy Orton versus Chris Benoit while World Heavyweight Championship, uh, Summer 2004. Six is Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13, 1997. Uh, five is Chris Benoit versus Triple H, uh, versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 20, World Heavyweight Championship, 2004. Uh, four is Rock versus Booker T, WCW Championship, Summer 2001. Three is Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 21. Two is Eddie Grove versus Brock Lesnar, WWE Championship, Tony Out, 2004. Number one is Kurt Angle versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, Unforgiven, 2001. So those yeah, are my I just top. Wanna, uh go back to like when you were talking about that Booker T and the rock, I thought I was the only one who remembered the who in the, the blue, blue hell, hell are you, are bro? You? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> bro, that was that to me like that. I mean, I still have not seen anyone get roasted that bad in their debut <laughs> on SmackDown or like their first interaction with like, with like, like one of the greatest ever, like rock, rock that <laughs> Booker T. I mean, I love Booker too, but like, you're he's what I remember for that shit, bro. I mean, yeah, yeah. Talking that, she's talking that shit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, nah, and you had a great list too. You know, there, there's a lot of good matches on that list. Um, definitely some from the the ruthless aggression area. I, I can see on there. Um, I was a big attitude era guy, and uh, you know, I grew up uh, watching with my grandpa. Believe it or not, when I was really young, so I watched a lot of the older matches. Like Ultimate Warrior was my first favorite wrestler. You know, yeah. I was a big Sting fan. Watched a lot of WCW growing up, but you know, unfortunately, they didn't really make the cut. To me, they, they were more interesting from like a storyline perspective. Pretty like, much, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah like, and they Actually, no, so, promos. Exactly. So, so, so let's, let me just interrupt you so I can go through your matches, all right? So, we're going to start ahead, from the bottom. Ahead. A Warrior vs. Macho Man, uh, WrestleMania 7. Yeah. Uh, Taker vs. Yokozuna, Survivor Series 1994. Angle vs. Rock, Kurt Angle vs. Rock, number 2000. You put that in for me because I'm a Kurt Angle fan. Actually, if you can't see that, but Kurt Angle's autographs right there. And Stone Cold okay. Steve Austin's right there. Yeah. If you yeah. can see it. Let me see if I can. I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll bring him the screen. Uh, next one is Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels Iron Match or WrestleMania 96. That's a good one. That's a very good one. I mean, that's a, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, HBK versus Taker. Bad Blood. Oh, God, dude. Shit, you're on money. You're on money. These are the great matches. Undertaker versus Mankind. Golly, yes. Keenley 1998. Yeah, I, I didn't know where to put it. I mean, you can make an argument for that. That's like, that's like a pioneer match when Mankind yeah. gets thrown off the cage, man. Fuck. Uh, Hulk versus Andre WrestleMania 3. Uh, Austin. TLC X7, which is Dudley's versus Hardy's versus Edge of Christian. Great mm-hmm. match. Uh, Rock versus Austin versus May 17, 16 chair shots. Another, and Rey Mysterio versus uh, Eddie Grove. Havoc night. Okay, shit. Havoc night seven. All right. Yeah, a lot of WCW matches, and there's a great matches because you see a lot of crossover with WWE and WW, WCW, you know? And um, oh, yeah. the pre attitude era. So, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but. You oh, know, no, no. Kind of- uh, shoot, I don't even know uh, what, what I was about to say, but yeah, nah, I, I think. Uh, you know, you brought up a lot of good matches and it had made me think like I had to go back and see like what were my real favorite matches. And, uh, <laughs> you know, at first I didn't initially think an angle match was going to make it. But then I, I was really thinking about some uh, Kurt Angle matches and that Rock uh, No Mercy one really stood out to me because, you know, the Rock and Stone Cold are my favorite. And I just remember like, damn, we just took an L tonight. Like Kurt Angle tapped out here, here yeah. and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Damn ref didn't see it. And uh, yeah, Stephanie out there, you know, getting crazy and Triple H interrupting. Yeah. Man, Rikishi, it was nuts. It was nuts, man. That, in my opinion, was Rikishi's best run in that 2000 because they, he was always in the main event. Like with Stone, with Austin, with Rock, with Angle. And that that match, like you said, yeah, it was like it was the, the super kick to the Rock and then Angle basically hits the Angle slam. And if you think about Kurt Angle, he pins the Rock and then he loses to the Rock and then his next championship run is actually against Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
So he beats The Rock and The Austin 2000-2001 for the WWE title, which I thought was a fucking trip. You oh, yeah, I mean? he, got, he got put over for sure against some of, like, the top stars ever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I honestly feel that from my opinion, and this, I mean, this is my opinion, but other people, some people will agree with me. Outside of Austin Rock, my third guy, the third guy of that era was, was, was Angle because there's nothing that you can't say he couldn't do. On the mic, you know, charisma, technical grappling, submission grappling, chain wrestling, brawling, you know what I mean? Hardcore style wrestling. He's the king. This is Shane McMahon match, King Arena 2001. Like, what, like, what can he not do? He can do everything. You know what I mean? And you know what? He was in a lot of no DQ matches, and so were the uh, the Rock and Austin. I was kind of looking back, and like, man, yeah. they were quick to take it to the damn backstage or get into the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went to the Royal Rumble in 1998 with my dad. I remember, uh, you know, Stone Cold coming out. We're all like looking around, like, where the hell is he? He's walking yeah. out the damn stands. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> Yeah, you know, know, let, me, let, me, let me pull that up real quick. Uh, let me see if I can reach it with my headset. Oh, I can actually. Look at that. That's where you get long bars. <laughs> actually, wait, hold up one sec. So actually, I'm going to show you who you saw in 1998 first. Yep. Yes, sir. So he signed that back in 2003 in San Diego. But this one's my favorite because he actually wrote my name and he said I suck. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I love how they use him for, like, the, the you know, the comical skits. Oh, you know I mean? that's that's the other thing. He's funny, bro. He's naturally funny, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean like... – yeah, go, go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, all I was going to say was the fucking, you know, The Rock and Austin, like, they, they, had, they had comedy bits too, but – they never were like they, they couldn't they they I feel like they took themselves a little too seriously where they were never the butt of the joke. They'd always be roasting somebody. Exactly. Kurt Angle could do it all. He could be the butt yeah. of the joke and you know, so yeah, go ahead. I even like I just pictured him drinking the milk and stuff like that. Like <laughs> the milk bash. <laughs> he sprays, woo! And then what would JR say? Like, oh my god, he's bust out the big gun. It's, it's, yeah. it's homogenized. <laughs> it's homogenized, bro. JR is <laughs> off the hook, bro. I listened to his podcast too, and like, you know. That, that's what kind of made me go back to that uh, Undertaker versus Yokozuna uh, rivalry. Like, um, you, you know, uh, I, I always knew that, um, you know, under, uh, Yokozuna was a great athlete, but I kind of look back at that matches and like, dude was feeding comebacks, popping up, like running around. I was, I was really impressed. Like, man, he should have been a guard or, you know, got, got fit or, or something. <laughs> like, bro was off the hook. 620 pounds, bro. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like some of those matches were crazy, like classic nineties, uh, WWE, yeah, Chuck Norris out there at um at the Survivor Series one, I believe it was at, at the ring. Yeah, yes, trying to jump Undertaker, um, Mr. Fuji, Jim Cornette. You know what I mean? All them, all them cats, bro. Because it's just like you think about it, it's like you you had all these different celebrities, you have all these different styles, but then you really just have like you have all the stars. You know what I mean? Like Yokozuna's a star, Bret Hart's a star. Sting's a star. Undertaker's a star. These niggas, these motherfuckers are stars. You know what I mean? So I, that, feel that, bad. I, I left some of those guys out my list too. Yeah, I mean, but you, it's, it's it's you only get ten. Yeah, that's the thing. You only get ten. So how you you know what I mean? Like I could, I could, I could took take all your matches and put them in my list too. You know what I mean? But I only get ten. Like so. was Triple H on any of your matches? Like he didn't make my list. I feel kind of bad. Uh, he was uh, number five. Uh, Chris Benoit versus Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. Okay, yeah, twenty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but I can also make the argument he doesn't deserve to be a top five wrestler because he never really impressed me, honestly. True that. True that. Yeah, and, and same with me. Like, 
he, he was always big there and like I don't know. It, it, when he was on top, it felt like there was just nobody else there to be there with him. So, you know oh, I mean? dude, oh, let's get into that because this is the first time I get to actually talk to this with a guest on the show, which is great. The 2002-2005 reign of terror that Triple H had, right? Where he was just like, he was on top. Evolution, no one was rivaled. Raw was a fucking shit show. That product was so bad, bro. Like, SmackDown was what, what people watch. You know, they didn't yeah. watch Triple H. They watched Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar. They watched Eddie Guerrero. They watched, you know, all the other things going on the other show. And John Cena, obviously, right? He also got he got put over big time. Like, no one wants to see fucking... Because the thing is, the reason why Attitude Era worked so well was because every, there's there's a top heel, but there's a top face that everyone can see beat that heel's ass. But with Triple H at top, there's no one there to kind of, you know, after Rock... I was like, who's who's going to be the guy to start beating this guy? Like, And they had guys. They had Booker T, they had Chris Jericho... They had all these dudes that they couldn't, and they never use any of them. You know what yeah. I mean? It and, and Jericho, he was like nuts. Like he's still like at it, killing yeah. the game. You know, like, I yeah. love Chris Jericho. Bruh, thirty years, man. That's our that's that's our entire lifespan too. Goddamn, this motherfucker's out right. there just doing this shit. The French Canadians ain't no joke, man. Him and uh, Bret Hart, right from like the same neck of the woods or something like that. Yeah, man. The fucking Canadians, man. They're crazy. Like Bret Hart. Bret Hart's from Calgary. Chris Benoit too. If Chris Benoit yeah. didn't die, you know, I mean, he would he would have been. He still is, in my opinion. So, oh, oh yeah, like when I was uh, looking at my matches, like he was involved in some of like you know my favorite matches. Um, man, I, I forget if it was a, uh, it might have been uh, Triple H. He had a, a good little rivalry going with somebody. He had some hell in the cell matches. Uh, damn, I, it's not coming to me, but yeah, um, Benoit had a lot of good matches, and you know he was doing the high flyer thing. He also could do the submissions, crippler crossface. Like if you're a wrestling fan, you definitely put somebody in that before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, me? the suplex master down there, like... Yeah, you know, the fucking the German suplexes and the chain suplex. Ah, he could do it all, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those are some of my favorites right there. And, uh, you know, I had a few that, uh, like, shocking moments that I was th- thinking about that didn't make the cut. Like, the Stone Cold uh, King of the Ring 96. Like, not the greatest matches, but that damn promo at the end was, like, jaw-dropping. Like, what in the hell just happened? Yes, sir. Like you're and, just um, sitting there, like, oh my god, you know what I mean? He said like, that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, oh my, like Austin three sixteens, man, I just whooped your ass, and it's like, okay, shit, like, we get it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. it, you, the crazy thing about that, and this is something I noticed, and you know, you can chime in, but Vince, Vince's way of building the his faces to actually give them the belt, he never gives them the belt immediately. Like Austin could have gotten the belt ninety seven. Brett was willing to do the job to Austin. Vince wanted him to lose to Michaels because he wanted Austin to put. To, do you want Michaels to put over Austin? That way, they, they, that way, you know, it's like them, and then they could send off Michaels, right? But it's like they could have easily made Austin champion in like a year prior to when he actually won it in WrestleMania 1998. That were Rumble that you went to that year. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Cena. They could have made Cena's champion in 2004. They waited till 2005 to build up JBL as his heel, and then they finally everyone's fucking sick and tired of JBL, and then they make Cena champion after that. He was a yep. weird push, JBL was. I, I, that was yeah. like, you know, like, when, when he finally got there, it, like, I guess, like, people kind of looked at him like, yeah, you know, I guess you're a heavy, you know, you're a big dog, I guess. But, yeah. uh, you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on, on those points right there. Um, yeah, I totally lost my train of thought, too. Who, who were we just talking about that, that last second? My bad. We're talking about JBL getting, just Cena getting pushed. They, he waited a year before, he, even though Cena, Cena was already over. You know, he, he waited a year for Austin. To before, even though he was already over. Oh, yeah, and that's what I was going to say as well, is like, um, you know, initially, uh, Vince didn't even want to uh, push Austin over. That kind of like, just was yeah. one of those, uh, 
good shit happened by mistake. And um, I don't know if you remember, like, kind of, we're going to talk about Bradshaw being a bitch again. Um, so I don't know if you remember the uh, <laughs> the uh, boxing uh, competition that they had with Butterbean. So, yeah. you know, initially Dr. Death was going to play that um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, badass, you know, Texas, Oklahoma heel guy. Yeah. But, you know, they had that Vince Russo put together that Butterbean boxing tournament. And um, Dr. Death pulls his, or rips his hamstring up and, you know, he can't wrestle anymore. And, you know, they were going to put all the, their chips on him. And um, then that, that same uh, event, uh, what's his name? Bradshaw gets his ass knocked out. And all the Ball stuff. for all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ball yeah, for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, there it goes, brawl for all. But um, anyways, yeah, back to that. Uh, yeah, like he wasn't even really trying to push some of these guys. And uh yeah, my bad. I'm looking back at my notes. Totally lost my train of thought. Just Nick, are you good? No, yeah. He wasn't trying to push any of these guys, but just by coincidence. Yeah, yeah. So just by coincidence. And so that's how you get the birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, yeah. Dr. Death accidentally fucks up. They're like, all right, we're going to hire this old jobber dude we had. He was at ECW, <laughs> WCW. Yeah. And he comes out and it just happens to be gold. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because it's like, you know, I mean, it's, it's like you have an initial idea of who you wanted. So, for example, Triple H was supposed to win King in 1996. Mm -hmm. But then the click, the, the, but the click did the curtain call at Madison Square Garden because yep. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were leaving for WCW. You know this. They leave yep. for WCW, and then Shawn Michaels and Triple H. So Triple H was the one who was the one who got punished for that. So mm -hmm. uh, so by result, Austin just magically fell in the lap. So like, okay, yeah, we're gonna use this. We're gonna now give it to Austin, and Austin got so over. It's like oh wow, like you know, like Triple H and and, and Triple H they had to wait three years before he actually became a champion. You know. And so, yeah, I mean, to your point, it's coincidence. And it's also, like I said, it's like a slow and steady process to kind of build the guy who you want and then finally give them the belt, you yeah. know? Yeah. So. And I think it was kind of the same buildup with The Rock, too. Like, uh, I remember that first Survivor Series when, you know, he came back and he takes everybody out. Now, I'm a little kid at my grandma's like, who the hell is this guy? Like, yeah. uh, he's definitely Samoan and, like, he yeah. got it. But, like. He had like that goofy ass, like you know, Power Rangers looking <laughs> armor on. You know what I'm saying? And the, the and, and the frizzy ass hair, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy because the Rock, the Rock looks Samoan, and he does not. I mean, I don't care who's listening. He does not look black to me. If I see Rock walking the street, I'm like, I'm like, that's an Uso, bro. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like you said, like you know, they get they make these guys wait their turn. You know, he waited a cool three years. Yeah. You know, Stone Cold was my favorite before The Rock came along. And, uh, you know, I remember when I started kind of liking him when he was turning a little bit. He said, like, kill me like The Rock. He sucks, Chance. I'm like, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Man. But, yeah, you know, he, he did his time. Got whipped by Stone Cold. You know, played second fiddle to Farouk. Intercontinental days. Beefing with Triple H. There you go. Yes, sir. Icy belt. And I got and I got a full bell collection. If you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll send it to you after that. Oh, not yet. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. you. Got look like you got the official too. Yeah, this is the official one. Here's this one. Let me see what I got right here. I got this boy. Oh, this one right here. Let me pull this out. There we go. Let go. All right. So here we got the undisputed belt, right here. This is undisputed. Oh, wow. oh this is one of my favorite though. I'm gonna show you this one. This one right here. Let me pull this out. <sighs> there we go. Okay. Yeah, this is the Bret Hart World Heavyweight nice. Championship belt. Nice. So I guess my last wrestling question is, what is your favorite title? That one is is good too. Shit. Yeah, this uh, I would say the last one I just pulled out the undisputed belt. Let me pull this out real quick. Because I asked Kurt Angle, I got to interview Kurt Angle. I'll, I'll send you that interview two months ago. I asked him, is this his favorite version of the belt? And I was wearing this belt during that interview, and he said, yeah. Because for me, when when they finally transitioned this belt, 
obviously it ushered in the ruthless aggression era, but also the 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 kind of the intricacy of this boat. Like you know the styles of kind of like the eagle on top, and then like the globe at the bottom. If you can see that the globe in the middle, mm-hmm. and then like the little kind of crests like on the side. You know, and then when Cena made the spirit boat look like fucking garbage, but whatever, they kind of fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I like I like Roman Reigns. I actually have Roman Reigns Universal Belt right here, the blue strap. Yeah, Roman Reigns is sick. He's like one of my favorite heels. He finally made him heel. I love it. Ah oh, man, I'm torn, man. Like I like the title, but I'm just like he doesn't. He can't cut no promos and like. He's like yeah. ultimate warrior status. Like I don't really got no moves for you. Like we're gonna wrestle for ten minutes, and I'm gonna like just brawl around. Like, yeah. I, I love the heel Roman. You know, like kind of brings me back to the Triple H days where he's having them bloody ass matches. Like just like yep, yep. down. Yep. Um, I I think my my biggest uh, issue is just like I love a long nice match. I, I like guys that can do different things inside outside, um, and also. I think uh, they can. They could have used. Um, I forget if it was Jimmy or maybe Jay that he. Jay Uso. Yeah, Jay Uso. Yeah. I, I think that like instead of those beatdowns, they could have had some great matches. But I, I. But Roman probably can't do that. That's my opinion. You know. I agree. Reigns. I agree. No, I agree. I mean, I think Roman's very limited. That's why that Paul Heyman being the speaker, mm-hmm. and Jay. Jay would be a phenomenal champion. I mean, you know what I mean, bro? You see the shit he can do. <laughs> oh, Back. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. It, but I was gonna say, even if he he wasn't the champion, like I could, you know, even if he lost, I would just like to see him do some more with with his cousin, you know, like that would sell, man. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, they literally just did two pay per views, and that was it. And I'm like, why you why y'all drop this? And then you make Jay submit to the tribal chief. He's yeah. a high chief. Like, come on, bro. Like, come on, man. And the, the match when uh, he su- submitted, like, was it the cage match? Like, yeah, was kind of, like to me, that was like a brutal, like taking that contract. It probably said like, yeah, title shot WrestleMania, but it didn't say like you was getting your ass whipped and like, you know, <laughs> just, uh, just going out, man. Damn, that was rough. It was rough, man. Like, oh, man. But I, I do like Kevin Owens feuding Roman Reigns because Kevin Owens is actually very gifted. Oh, um, man. Yeah. He's like the classic, uh, you know. 90s to early 2000s he reminds me of almost like the deadly boys type dude yeah like bubble ray bro like yeah. straight up yeah like the big man who's athletic oh my god yeah i think uh like technical all around like my favorite wrestler like currently uh probably have to say samoa joe even though like he's not doing much or you know all that but like just everything that he's able to do and like man that's what i, I would aspire to be if i was a wrestler just like just skills bro like damn. facts facts you know it's funny because kurt angle when i interviewed him about kind of who's his favorite wrestler in tna he said joe and i and asked him why and he said the reason why is because every time him and joe went at it it was aggressive it was like two aggressive guys kind of and he said it reminded him of like when he had matches with benoit and it'd just be like boom 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 you know and yeah, that's why they won through the year 2007, you know, and I mean, my brother is actually a bigger TNA fan than me. And that's mm-hmm. how I got into TNA because my brother got me into it. And I watched, I'm like, oh my God, this, this big 280, 90 pound dude can just flip off the top rope and then, and then do a submission and do this muscle buster. I'm like, Joe was a fucking freak, G, like, damn. Yeah, and yeah. when I uh, figured that, I was like, "Damn, what took him so long to get to WWE?" It took Shit. him a minute, bro. Him and AJ, AJ Styles too. It took him a long ass time to get there. Like AJ had like a, a like a, a little bit of beef though, like he didn't want to come, right? Yeah, same but, with Sting. Um, yeah, and I also know that like uh, when uh, like during the uh, what is it called the uh, Ring of Honor or something like that, yeah. Joe had like a lot of good feuds with CM Punk, so like I'm surprised he never made it onto the the WWE scene till like now. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, big time. And Joe was actually best friends with John Cena before John Cena even came to WWE because they both trained at Ultimate Pro Wrestling, and, and so you, they 
Yeah. Huntington Beach. Yeah. Huntington Beach. Like that. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we know, we know. So kind of like that. I mean, like, and when you have those connections, it's kind of to your point. I mean, why are you not there yet? Like, what's you know, what I mean, what's the hold up? Because Joe's big and athletic. He can do it all. Like, you think Vince would love a guy like that? You know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's definitely um, like one thing I, I kind of been down on the wrestling lately. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm interested in TNA more than more so than WWE right now. Just impact. You know, yeah. Like I'm front and honest. And, but I'm also a lot more interested in some of these uh, smaller promotions like a uh, game changer wrestling online, man. They drop some dope ass crazy videos kind of takes me back to the nineties. And um, even like what Rikishi's doing at Knox Pro, like watching some of my friends get down pretty dope, bro. Like I'm not even going to lie. It's like that old school vibes again. Yeah, and that's and that's a that's a good point because for our generation, grow up in the '90s and the early 2000s, I want that feeling, bro. I literally have W Network subscription. I just go rewatch '98, '99, 2000, 2001, 2003, 2004. It's like just just get that feeling back, bro. Like get this feeling back because we don't have that no more. Gee, it's just like you know, and kind of to your point about about Roman Reigns, I feel the same way about Ali. You know, I mean, he's also Pakistani, but. Dude is very limited in what he can do. He can, he can, he, he's very athletic. He can do a lot of things, but he, he's not like he's, he's too one dimensional, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. I mean, it's too smaller promotions that have more talent. There's actually a wrestler who follows me, Icon Lee. If you listen to this, shout out Icon Lee if you're hearing me, bro. And uh, he, he, he sends you promos all the time. And they're so like cutting edge. I'm like, bro, it's just, you know what I mean? So, yeah, go ahead. You follow Lord Adrian on Instagram? Yeah. Lord Adrian's a savage, bro. Like some yeah. of his put, like man, that stuff to me is better than watching a damn live, uh, you know, live production sometimes. Cause just keeping it raw, you know what I'm saying? Bust yeah. out, just hit old tables. Let me do a backflip, you know what I'm saying? Submissions, taking it to the '90s. I might kick a chick in the face, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we lost that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah. uh, I don't uh, endorse any of that kind of, uh, you know, abuse or anything like that. Just for people. <laughs> At home that are listening we're just you know talking about some of that old school raw like you know uh wwe action like the rock was off off the chains jerry the king lawler said off the chains things like i missed that yeah man i missed that too man the jerry the king lawler and the jr jim ross that that was the best dynamic i missed yeah. that a lot you know because jerry jerry's too soft now and jr on aw is kind of like he's kind of lost it like aws you know what i mean so i mean they're actually in right now but i don't even watch it yeah. Uh, I read the yeah, kind of like I think you're right. In, indie promotions are where it's at, you know. So I mean, Knox, bro, I'm gonna check that out now because because if your boy's out there, I, I gotta see it. So I, I'll tag you in his page. Uh, man, it's crazy. Like just seeing an ex teammate like wrestling like with Rikishi and like out there working with Rusev at the training camp and like some of these guys. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Just legit, yeah, bro. He, he was Kevin Vice teammate too. Like you know, like small circle. Like man, it's crazy. Like. Sure, we got to get him on here one of these days, bro. Oh, we definitely <laughs> will, bro. Talk some wrestling, too, and football and everything, bro. It all comes full circle, man. So, Hell shit. Yeah. Yeah, nah. But, yeah, we're in agreement. You know, I'm glad. You know, I just want to make sure that, you know, you were that, – that, that you felt okay with my list because, obviously, you know, I could tell that you that you felt a certain kind of way when some whatever – when Jace put his list out there and I put my list out there and then you added your own list. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I, I want to get your list and then we can then we can talk. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Shit. Man, all right, cool, bro. So shit, what else you got? Anything for uh, the? Shit, yeah. um, what's, your, what's your New Year's resolution? This is I keep forgetting. I was like, I need to ask Kevin. I need to ask Cody. Fuck it, I'm asking Nate. I right, Nate. What's your New Year's resolution? So my my New Year's resolution is for this upcoming season. It's just um, damn, you got me off guard right now. Everybody yeah. got the fit one, you know. Of course, I'm trying to get fit. Uh, you know, what I mean, everybody's doing that. I've been on my thing, but uh, 
my New Year's resolution is to be the best coach I can be and to win this damn league that I'm coaching in. So um, people that are listening, so this league is called the Winner Circle League. Follow them on Instagram. The number one player in the country is in our league. Um, also probably one of the number one DBs in the country is in our league. Um, former NFL players coaching in this league. Kyle Turley from the, um, the Jets and the, uh, the Saints. He's their offensive line coach. Head coaches from USC. Um, yeah, it's going to be on Netflix in April, actually. So we're, we're getting some serious coverage. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Like, I'm, I'm working on that coming up. And, um, yeah, I, I would just like to win this and, uh, you know, see where that takes me, you know, on some last chance you shit, hopefully. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> last chance you, baby. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because Laney, I mean, I know, I, I know we didn't get to play against Laney, but Kevin actually played against him when he was at CCSF. And uh, they beat them 28-14. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. Laney's a great program, man. Um, their, their defense, man, they're always so aggressive. Like, they, they make a big emphasis on turnovers and just getting after it, man. So, you know, shout out to uh, Laney College. Um, probably some of my friends don't want to hear me say that. Shout out to them, though. Yeah, uh, no, nah, man. No, you can't be doing <laughs> that, bro. South Bay Ballers, B. Come on now. Come on yeah. now. Yeah, so, yeah, just working on that. Um, You know, hopefully we get over this COVID thing and, you know, we can get back to, um, you know, actual football soon, man. I, I miss uh, coaching my Deanza guys out there, and so – you know, I guess another resolution is to just not not only for me, just for all of us, to, you know, get healthy, get safe so we can get back to our, our normal way of doing things. Right. Facts. Facts. You know, that's all. That's all we're going to do. You know, it's all we're going to try to do. Keep aspiring to. So it sounds like you got a lot of things in store, man. So shit. We got to link up one of these days, bro. Watch, watch, watch match some shit. So. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure, man. We might even have to do some like live commentary or something, man. I, uh, I love wrestling just as much as I love football, which is uh, kind of weird. You know, I always thought it was embarrassing. That I like wrestling, but fuck it. <laughs> no, nah, exactly. Like, wrestling was my first love. And uh, when I realized I can't do wrestling, I was like, all right, football is going to be <laughs> this works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for sure. No, nah, man. It, it's funny you mentioned that because like, it's almost like you get shamed. It's like, oh, yeah, you watch that fake shit. You watch. I'm like, come on, bro. Like these guys are former NFL. Roman Reigns is a former NFL D, D lineman. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. like Stone Cold played for North Texas. Yeah, he's played for North Texas. Bro, I played the for the U. He started over Warren Sapp. Yeah, Warren Sapp. He got a ring. I mean, he, he got, he got his, his, his shit's like this big. Yeah. And then before, fucking uh, go ahead. Goldberg. Yeah, Goldberg. Yeah, go ahead. The Falcons. Yeah, Falcons and Georgia. UGA. Yeah, you know, before I wanted to, uh, you know, win a ring or be a coach, I wanted to be like tag team champs. Not even the WWE champs, but I wanted to be tag team champs. Can you believe yeah. that? Yeah. With who, though? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> with who, bro? With, with my cousin. He played with me at De Anza. So, hey, everybody mm. follow at the lineman hunter, offensive line coach. We, we do a lot of work together. Yeah. So, you know, growing up, me and he's always been a year older than me. Um, every team I ever played football on, he, I, you know, I played with him and I've always been second best on the team. You know, my cousin, he's an offensive play, uh, great offensive lineman. You know, he was an All-American at De Anza, you know, coach's favorite, all that great stuff. So, you know, I wanted to be tag team champs with my bro right there or, or even my little brother who, you know, he was, he was a little cruiserweight at the time. But now, you know, he looked like Roman Reigns himself, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, bro, Roman, bro, you know the fucking thing. So you, your little brother got like the muscles and like the He the got chips. the sleeve, he got the oh, hair. Oh, they, damn. They both half, so they light skin the same, like. <laughs> He said they both act they light skin. You funny as hell, bro. Yeah, bro, that's why when, when Roman was like, call me the tribal chief, I'm like, whoa, 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 we're overstepping a little bit, Roman. You're like half chief, bro. Like, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, man, the Usos, though, man. Jay could fucking be a chief, my opinion. I mean, oh, yeah, shit. man. Like, uh, I think out of all the Usos, like, um, you probably haven't heard of him, but coming up, the Samoan Werewolf, he's yeah. uh, I one of the Fatu. Uh, I, I think he's. Um, 
he's Rikishi's nephew, I believe, but he's yeah, a bad dude. He'd be like backflips off the top. He's the champion in one of these promotions as well, or maybe two promotions. But he's like uh, one thing I noticed about the the wrestling scene right now, the indie promos is you're kind of like a free agent. You could be the champ. Another guy calls you. Can you come here for some dough? And I'm wrestling over there, so pretty tight. That's dope. Yeah, and that's a that's a good point because there's not much restrictions with contracts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So with WWE, that shit's fucking bro. They, it's so shady. I mean, we can we can spend like hours talking about this, but like it's been shady as hell. Like with contracts, with lack of benefits, like you're independent contractors. I'm like, what are you? But you're still getting wrestling for the millions of people, and you're making the company money. Like, come on, bro. Like Vince, these are athletes, man. Take care of them. You know. I mean. Yeah, and uh, you know. Yeah, we can get get into that for a minute. It's shady, man. But uh, you know, we love them uh, while they're on top, and uh, you know, afterwards we feel sorry. So shit. Straight, straight. So, man, no, we're definitely we're, we're definitely good for live commentary. Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know me, bro. I, I love it. I'm never. It's funny because like people are like, oh my god, like you know, like why do you watch that when you're like an actual athlete who like who play professionally? I'm like, dude, because this was this is what got me into the sport. Uh, it's, it's the wrestling with the contact, the violence, the, the, the that's, that's kind of, I was talking to Evan, uh, I'm sure if you listen to episode 19, like, I, like I, I need a fix. And I saw Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle would also, and Kurt Angle actually had a Steelers tryout back in 93. So mm-hmm. he had, he had trial with the Steelers and the Steelers are like, bro, like you made our city, a company proud. And so, yeah, I mean, to that point, you know what I mean, bro? Like, yeah, these guys are former ballers, they're players. And so, yeah, man, I mean, we'll do that shit. I mean, I'm definitely, yeah, send me, send me the links after the interview. You know what I mean? So, cause I, I gotta see that shit. So uh, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, anything you want to close out with Nate? Uh, shoot. Um, not really, man. Just, uh, I guess a couple more shout outs, uh, you know, shout out to my wife, shout out to my kids. You know, I just want to say one more time. I appreciate you for having me. Um, okay. shout out to, you know, coach Santos, the fellas. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. All right, y'all. Yo, in case y'all didn't know it's swoop, ball like swoosh or Nate. Solagatia on, on yes, Facebook, sir. man. We got the rings, Nate. Hey, man. Oh, uh, right here. Yes, sir. All love, baby. Hey. Yes, sir. Champions, Champs only. Champs only. All right, baby. Take care. Yes, sir. All righty. Peace. All right, peace.